Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. And I'm Michelle. And we are wrapping up the month of January. We are going sort of the, the biopic route. And we are talking about The Young Victoria. The Young Victoria came out in 2009. It stars Emily Blunt. <laughs> stars Emily Blunt, <laughs> Rupert Friend, uh, Paul Bettany, Miranda Richardson, Jim Broadbent, and Mark Strong, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, uh, who also directed Big Little Lies, like several episodes of that, mm-hmm. as well as the Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Uh, no, was, I knew that was the big one. It was written by Julian Fellows, who, <laughs> who um, Downton Abbey. We, yeah. He was, I, yeah. Uh, he also wrote a Titanic miniseries that Kia is not a fan <laughs> of. Uh, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I am very, Julian Fellows for me is very hit or miss. Yeah. I put some, some hits and misses in here. Uh, Gosford Park. He did. Which, okay, Gosford Park is a weird one because Julian Fellows wrote it. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting story there. However, it is written by, or it was directed by Robert Altman. So f- nothing fucking happens for a long ass time because that is what Robert Altman movies are. <laughs> nothing happens. And then suddenly, plot, movie's over. He also wrote the movie Vanity Fair. Mm. and the movie the tourist <laughs> with angelina jolie and johnny Depp. i did not so, once again hits and misses yeah hits and misses i i did not know that that was julian fellows but yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think mo- what most people would know julian fellows for is downton abbey. abbey that's the big yeah one. but uh, he also has he also the, has like there's a netflix the, series there's um the gilded age is coming out soon he the, did, yeah the gilded uh, age is coming out soon which i'm willing to give a chance because audra fucking mcdonald is in it uh, he did um there, dr thorn something like that no I, it's kind of a it's historical not do- thing it's, i don't think it's dr thorn that's i think that's something else but yeah it's a he has sort of a it's a civil war doctor kind of mini se- or series because it's and because it's got josh radner from high mercy Ma- street yeah that's what it's called my brain just like yeah clicked. yeah um, i didn't realize he did that but yeah yeah that's that's him but yeah that and and also um there it's on it's on netflix it's something about like it's like the victorian era and like football or some shit like that i don't know the greatest game no, no, the greatest. No, that's a different movie. The greatest. Movie. The greatest game is a movie with Shia LaBeouf, and it's about golf. And no, no, no. There's a, there's another one that's really similar. It's like the Great Game, the Great. I don't know something like that. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh no, yeah. it's, that one's called the Greatest Game Ever Played. Yeah, that one's with Shia LaBeouf and Jared and I went to see it while we were in college, and we were bored out of our goddamn minds. Well, yeah. Um, but just Julian Fellows has a lot. He's very. He does a lot of historical stuff, and he's very hit and miss for us. Uh huh. Um, on a personal level. Uh, yes. IMDb score. This movie has an IMDb score of 7.3 out of 10 mm-hmm. and a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. With most people praising Emily Blunt's yes. character. This was kind of... She had done the work product, but this was her first like leading, yes. real leading role yeah, in and a major she, picture. Yeah. yeah, she had been in various like supporting roles. But yeah, this was sort of the big like you said like the lead part for her josh came in while i was watching this and he loves emily blunt yeah so and i said i was like yeah this is one of her first like big leading roles and i was like it was 2009 he goes what i said yeah i know she looks exactly the same it's uh-huh. awful that was like two kids ago 
Yeah. <laughs> Two kids and a John Krasinski ago. <laughs> and she's she still looks basically the same. Yeah. Like, she she's... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, virtually everybody in this movie is fucking ageless. Be- Paul Bettany, fair. Paul Bettany... Um, Mark Strong looks exactly the same. Mark Strong looks exactly the same. Except for, you know, the mutton chops aren't around anymore. Yeah, and also Miranda Richardson. Richardson, She has not aged in like 30 years. She really hasn't. And then also, I've not seen Rupert Friend in a ton of stuff, but his brother in this movie is played by Mikhail Hausman. Yes, it is. Again, not aged at (laughs) all. I recognized him and I went, that's weird. (laughs) Because that was before I knew who he was, like the last time I watched that movie. See, I knew... Because I watched a bit of, like, the first season of Treme, which was on HBO, HBO yeah. and it was it was a series about, like, New Orleans after mm-hmm. Katrina, and he, and love of my life, violinist and actress Lucia Micarelli, they play a couple, and they're buskers, and, and so, like, I knew him from that, and so then when I saw The Young Victoria, I was like, that guy, and... But and I, he's but, become that guy. And now he has become also into the column of love of, of my, my life. life. Yeah. Um, if McKeel Hausman is in it, I'm watching it. Yep. Um, but I just there's not really a lot to tell you about the synopsis of this movie. It is a dramatization of the early years of Queen Victoria's rule and her enduring romance with Prince Albert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I we're going to get a... I'm going to try to make it a quick rundown of Professor Kia's History Corner and give... Because this movie, it is relative... Like, it is pretty accurate. Um, And it's pretty accurate. They kind of fudge some dates and, like, shift some events around. Before you start, I just want to ask, have you seen any of the Victoria with... uh, Jenna Coleman? Jenna Coleman. I have not. I have. I, I, I think I watched an episode or something. But it's I don't one of remember. those that I have wanted to watch, but yeah. I don't have access to PBS. Yeah, they took it off of my Prime, and I'm not yeah. paying money for it. Yeah, and so it's just one of those like trying to decide if I wanted to like yeah. pay the extra expense. I'm just wondering. Yeah, and it's something that I've thought about getting from like borrowing from the library and watching mm-hmm. it. But again, it if I'm going to sit down, like if I'm going to take something out from the library. I have to be dedicated that I'm going to sit down and watch this in the week before I have to yeah bring it back b- yeah. before I have to take it back, and so I, I haven't been that dedicated to something yet. So, I was just curious. Yeah, no, I've I've wanted to because I've seen like clips and stuff. Yeah, I because I mean, you know, like like fuck me, I love Jenna Coleman. Yeah, and I think Rufus Sewell plays the uh, Lord, plays Lord Melbourne in yes. it. Um, I think I see. Here's the thing. I think I saw some of it. Uh huh. When it was still on like Prime, Amazon Prime, but I don't remember it. I remember yeah. like vaguely, like I vaguely remember like when he starts losing power. Mm-hmm. Like I vaguely remember that, but it's yeah. been a minute, and I don't think I watched yeah. the whole thing. But anyway, yeah, um, I will say in, um, <laughs> um, in as far as like the adaptation goes, like I said, a lot of it is it's it's pretty accurate. Um, like I said, they do kind of slide around, like, the timing of certain events and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I really don't think, like, Albert was at her coronation. I, like, I couldn't find any evidence of that. Um, also, just, like, certain things. Also, 
as I've, I love Paul Bettany with all of my heart and soul. Somebody older should have been Lord Melbourne because, um, at the time, so Victoria was, um, like something that I was reading. It was that, um, part of the reason like why it like people like said kind of at the time that Lord Melbourne and Victoria kind of like clicked the way that they did was that he was widowed and both of his children had died. And, and so that he kind of saw her as a, he looked at her as, as like the daughter that he didn't have because he, mm-hmm. he had a daughter who was born prematurely and died. And this movie portrays it more as a romantic interest. Not, no, to me, like it, I she don't. She gets called Mrs. Melbourne on the street. Oh, no. Yeah. That's. That's historical. Yeah. And it's because like, and they call him the great seducer. Yeah. It's, they it's make just. It seem like he is more interested in trying to seduce I, her. It, it's probably because I just knew a lot of yeah. the history behind it. I never really thought of it that way, but he, but when I was like, he had two children and like his daughter died in infancy. Um, but his son, and so I was like, I was like, okay, like, oh, he had a son who died. And then I looked at the dates and I was like, wait, his son died when he was 29. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, his son died when he was like six or something. No, his, he had a son who was a grown ass man and then died. Um, but, um, but yeah, and so she's, you know, like I said, so he was old enough to have had, a, like I said, a nearly 30 year old child who died. And she was 18. So he was definitely a father figure for her. And he mm-hmm. looked at her as the daughter that he didn't have mm-hmm. is, is the way that it was the way that the relationship actually was. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, the ev- movie tries to make it into more of a triangle. I feel like, I, and maybe yeah. you didn't feel that way because you knew the history. Yeah. I felt, I didn't know the history and I felt like it was trying to make it into more of a romance triangle. Yeah. Which I, is why Albert gets so jealous to me. Like that. To me, Albert's jealousy always came off as, like, it was less about him feeling like Melbourne was a romantic rival and more about Melbourne was puppeteering her and he felt that she should have the strength to do stuff on her own and not just take everything Melbourne says and, like, run with it. I kind of saw both, I guess. I can, yeah, I can see. Yeah. yeah, for me, like I said, it was, mm-hmm. like... For, because I knew the history, it for me it it well, they, never it never seemed. They specifically call, the only reason I say that they specifically call out in the movie before he goes to visit her the first time. Yeah, that they're going to send Melbourne because Mel and Melbourne will try to seduce her to his side essentially. Um, and they call like I said, I think they're calling the great seducer. They they imply that he is frequently in the company of women. Um. <laughs> That kind of stuff. That's why I, I yeah, think that it's supposed it, to be kind of... That's how I felt it was yeah, implied. Um, not, that's not how the way the relationship ultimately developed. Yeah. But that's what it was implied um, to me. I will say he did have sort of... You know, he did have a a scandal um, earlier in his life because his wife... Um, his wife was running around on him with Lord Byron. <laughs> Well, and, his wife didn't. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, like his his wife was running around on him with with Lord Byron, and she's the one who kind of is the one. I cannot remember, but it was like you know he's bad, mad, and you know something else, whatever it is, like some epithet that like ev- you know epithet that like, everybody mentions when talking about Lord Byron that comes from her. Mm-hmm. And then and so he you know they kind of 
separated for a little bit. They didn't, I don't think they divorced or anything like that, but mm-hmm. because he still had like a, like he still loved her despite the fact that she ran around on him with like the most notorious playboy in the like British empire. Um, but she ended up, I think she had like some sort of like cancer or something like that. She ended up dying a couple of years later and it hit him hard when Mm -hmm. she died. And so, um, so yeah, like he did have like some scandals, um, early on, but, um, but no, it was more of just, he knew how to wield his political influence and he knew how to get people on his side. And like, you know, the, like the Duke of Wellington says at one point of like that he, you know, he, he doesn't have, um, you know, he doesn't have like the patience for things like small talk and charm and, you know, the other, um, you know, like the other uh, party leader, Robert Peel, mm-hmm. who is prominent in this movie, that Peel is just, he's blunt. He has no manners. Like, whereas Melbourne, was sort of he had like all of the traits that you needed to yeah. be like a successful like smarmy politician yeah and that just because victoria was so young and again he did have because you know her father died when she was an infant and so the only male figure in her life was john conroy <sighs> and so having you know a very kind influence of lord melbourne she, you know, leaned very heavily into that. And so, yeah, it wasn't until, like, her marriage to Albert that, you know, Melbourne was able to, like, step back because Albert was like, yeah, no, I'm going to, like, run I've this. got this. Yeah, like, I've got this. You can <laughs> because, Well, because he didn't have a specific, the, the better things, he didn't have a specific party. He literally was there to protect his wife. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Protect the queen. Like, it, it's kind of like Prince Philip and, like, because I watched a lot of The Crown and yes. stuff. Yes. Like it, very it, much it is, it is a, like a predecessor becomes, to that. It, it, and there's some really interesting parallels yes. too, which because Julian Fellows did not write for the Crown, let me make that very clear. Mm-hmm. But there are some some parallel, like Winston and Elizabeth's relationship, kind of almost parallels Victoria and Melbourne's. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not as young; she's, yes. she's a mother by the time she becomes queen. But but she, I mean, she, she was, was young. She was like twenty in her early twenties. Twenty six. Yeah. Something like that. And in February, I mean, she'll be she'll have ruled for what seventy years mm-hmm. in February. It's crazy. Yeah, because she's because the end of the movie says Victoria is the longest reigning monarch. That's no longer it says, true. It yeah to date to date yeah yeah. Which now it's, it's yeah Elizabeth. yeah. I'm I'm gonna get into all um, that. But yeah, yeah it, it's just an interesting. Yeah, um, th- there was a lot of parallels I thought between the two couple the, the couple and the relationship. Yes, with, and it's it was interesting. Yeah. Um, but the, so just going to kick off the kind of history lesson here. Queen Victoria ruled for 63 years and seven months. And I think like two days, um, she was a constitutional monarch, meaning that the monarch is able to exercise their authority in accordance with, in accordance with, um, with a constitution, but they don't make like, they don't make decisions on their own like Mm -hmm. it's sort of like ruling by council Mm -hmm. as opposed to like where as you know with a i can't remember the term now but um yeah i had it and i lost it but whereas like with a like solitary rule it's where 
the like the monarch is completely in control and the monarch makes all of the decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what Victoria was. But um, despite the fact that she was a constitutional monarch, um, she was able to she kind of privately influenced both ministerial like government appointments um, as well as government policy. Um, the Victorian era, which existed between 1837 and 1901, we had it was a period of industrial and scientific change, as well as an era of very strict morality. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of paradoxically, about the Victorian era, there were like progressions in um, in the fields of science and medicine. And technology, those disciplines, they finally escaped the clutches of mysticism and tradition and um, and began embracing, you know, scientific based methods. The Victorian era is when we started, you know, adopting germ theory and began pioneering research into the field of like epidemiology and things like that. And, you know, moving away from from the. <laughs> from the time of like, oh, you want to cure, like, you want to cure the plague, let's strap a chicken to your arm. All of the things that you would hear about on an episode of Sawbones. Like, they start moving away from all of that stuff and realizing, like, oh, huh, okay, like, maybe if I inoculate, like, maybe if I stick this little bit of, like, cowpox into this person, they'll be immune to smallpox. That's when we start getting those kind of things. But as I said, Paradoxically, when you have, it's the era where, like I said, science, medicine, technology, we start, they, everything moves away from mysticism. That's also when you have, um, like, every, it's just like everybody who wasn't a part of those fields, um, all of the Victorians, they just suddenly shunned the rationalism that had been a part of the Georgian era. And they everybody ran headfirst into the jaws of mysticism and romanticism when it came to arts, religion, and social values. And I could spend the next six hours talking about the hold of the spiritualism, like the spiritualism movement over the Victorian era, but I won't. <laughs> um because like the spiritualism movement lasted from the 1840s into the 1920s look up the fox sisters like it's bonkers it's batshit this is when you start getting like as i said arthur conan doyle great novelist also like incredulous twat believing in fairies and like thinking that harry houdini like could actually walk through walls um (laughs) like shit like that they believed it like, Arthur Conan Doyle, like, basically married a woman because she thought she was a medium. It's crazy shit. Seriously. It had a hold on the era. Um, but, like, it's just, it fascinates me. It really does. But, like I said, I could spend six hours talking about it, and I won't. Um, but, at like, in this, in this era, um, you know, a, a big thing for you and I, literature. Mm-hmm exploded like uh the literary uh the literary world it grew by leaps and bounds and we had like many many famous novelists and playwrights and poets came out of the victorian era just to name 
some. Um, Charles Dickens, Thomas Hardy, Oscar Wilde, George Bernard Shaw, Alfred Tennyson, George Eliot, all three Bronte sisters, Mm -hmm. um, Elizabeth Gaskell, Gilbert and Sullivan, Mm -hmm. Lewis Carroll, Anna Sewell, Robert Louis Stevenson, the aforementioned Arthur Conan Doyle, H.G. Wells, Bram Stoker, Mark Twain, Walt Whitman, Richard Kipling, Kipling, Emily Dickinson, Henry James, Louisa May Alcott. Mm-hmm. Like I said, just a smattering. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of going into as you said, the the kind of biography of of Queen Victoria, her predecessor was William the Fourth, was her uncle. Um, he, you know, like as it's mentioned in the movie, he and his brothers. None of them managed to have any, like, living issue except for Victoria. So she was William's heir presumptive. Um, And um, she, um, as it goes into in the movie, she was ruled with, like, a very strict hand because of, like, the Kensington system. I'll kind of get into all that later. I'm mainly, like, right now going to focus on, like, with her and Albert. Um... William didn't really like the idea of her um, marrying a Coburg, but in um, in 1836, um, her uncle Leopold, who we meet in the movie, her maternal uncle, also Albert's uncle, um, like introduces her to Albert, um, and um, a- according to her diary, she just she hit it off with Albert right from the beginning. Um, after, after their first meeting or their, like this first visit, she wrote, Albert is extremely handsome. His hair is about the same color as mine. His eyes are large and blue and he has a beautiful nose and very sweet mouth with fine teeth. But the charm of his countenance is in his expression, which is most delightful. Um, and so she wrote to Leopold and in this movie, like, it kind of depicts Leopold as very like a very scheming kind of ruler and like, mm-hmm. and he's desperate for England's support and everything. And yes, that was true to some extent because he did play a very large part in getting Albert to the, you know, into like England. Um, he definitely wanted a spy in the midst. Yes, he, he did, but or support in the midst. He wanted, he wanted England's support and, but at the same time, like, she and Leopold had, like, a very good relationship. And, like, she considered him, quote, like, her best and kindest advisor. And, um... It's probably how she could escape the John. Yeah. John and stuff. so she, um... And, and so, um... And, like, and she, like, sent a letter to him. And she, like, thanking him for introducing her to Albert. And, saying like, thanking him for, quote, the prospect of great happiness that you've contributed to me in the person of dear Albert. He possesses every quality that could be so, that could be desired to render me perfectly happy. He is so sensible, so kind, and so good, and so amiable, too. And he has, besides, the most pleasing and delightful exterior and appearance you can possibly see. And so they were introduced when Victoria was 17. And even though she was supremely interested in Albert, she wasn't ready to marry. And so basically, like, so no formal engagement took place at that time. You know, there was no sort of like promises. Nobody really Mm -hmm. said anything. But kind of everybody involved 
knew that this match was going to happen eventually. Um, and so then, you know, in a year later, you know, in 1837, Victoria turns 18. And a month after, after she turns 18, Victoria became queen upon, uh, upon the death of William. Um, and, um, and so at, you know, at the time, as we mentioned, we were talking about Lord Melbourne. Um, he was the prime minister at that time. And he, he was a very, um, very influential on the young and inexperienced queen. And, um, and so, as I said, he, he kind of looked upon her as, you know, the daughter he might've had at the beginning of her reign. Victoria was initially very popular with her subjects, but she encountered some scandal. Um, and like some of the count, like the scandal that we see in the movie with the, uh, what became known as like the bedchamber crisis that didn't happen until two years into her reign. Um, and it was preceded by another scandal. So two years into her reign, um, she like said, encounters this scandal and it was due to some court intrigue involving Lady Flora Hastings, who we have, she is spoken of in the movie. Um, and Lady Flora Hastings, she was um, uh, one of like the Duchess of Kent. Um, she was Victoria's mother's lady in waiting. And she was also... Um, the this scandal kind of involved Flora Hastings and John Conroy because everybody knew Hastings was she was a Conroy kind of like plant um when he wasn't there to control things Hastings was and and so um as I mentioned you know Conroy he and the Duchess um they enacted these very strict protocols of the Kensington system which ensured that Victoria managed to be isolated from the outside world but made certain that she was never alone either so she either had to be she was always within sight of either her mother her tutor or her governess always mm -hmm. um and so because of the way that her mother and conroy like very rigidly monitored and controlled everything that she did until she ascended to the throne she didn't have a lot of love for either of them. And so, and we do see some of that in the film, but as I said, two years into her reign, um, and you know, Flora Hastings continued to be part of her, to be part of her mother's kind of entourage oh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was during this time that Flora Hastings, like, became, like, she was rumored to be pregnant out of wedlock with Conroy's child. And so, as I said, it, everybody knew that Victoria hated Conroy and fucking despised Lady Hastings. Um, and so... Hastings initially refused like the people were like you're not pregnant okay well like let us examine you and like prove that you're not pregnant and she's like no that no that's not happening she eventually did she eventually did acquiesce to a physical examination but it was discovered she was still a virgin so i it just uh, so, like, during this time, like, after her, after Hastings was forced to submit to a physical examination, Conroy, the entire Hastings family, and then the Tories, which was the opposing party, the opposing political party to Lord Melbourne, 
they started spreading rumors far and wide that, uh, like, started say basically they spread a rumor saying that Victoria was spreading rumors about Lady Hastings, and so, so it just it soured the public opinion on Victoria, and then some months later, Hastings just died. And they did an autopsy and it was discovered that she had a tumor on her liver that distended her abdomen and it mimicked the outward appearance of pregnancy. And so that's why it was like, I mean, again, like this was mm-hmm. 1830 or this is 1839. So then, so like they have that whole scandal going on. Um, I think Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast has an episode about the, the Hastings affair. Um, and then, so then that same year, in, in 1839 and we we do see a tiny little bit of it in the movie to me if I hadn't like done the research and known beforehand it wouldn't have really been all that clear to me what was happening in the movie so I'm gonna ask like your opinion on that um but in that same time that like they skipped the the Hastings scandal stuff mm-hmm. and went straight but for it this. did feel like there'd been a time skip like it yeah. didn't feel like it was immediate um but like I said they um but again like all of this is still happening like before her coronation like, in the movie. Like, a lot of this is happening, like, like before a lot of stuff happens with her coordination. It's weird. That part doesn't. That I part's after it... because she's in Buckingham. And she doesn't go to Buckingham. Yeah, but she's, a, she's in Buckingham. Like, they send her to Buckingham, and then, like, the stuff doesn't happen with the coordination until a lot later. Yeah. It's... It, it, there's a lot of timey-wimey stuff that's weird in this movie. But, um, so like I said, so that same year in, in 1839, Melbourne resigned... As prime minister, because the Tories vetoed a bill, um, basically what it was, there was a bill up in, there was a bill in parliament that would remove the political power of Jamaican plantation owners who actively resisted measures to abolish slavery. And the Tories were like, mm, yeah, no, um, we kind of like slavery and we want the plantation owners to still be able to, to, to do slavery. So, yeah, no, we're going to veto that. And Lord Melbourne was like, okay, fuck y'all, I quit. Rightfully so, I would say. Um, and so enter the new like the tory pm robert peel however because of the way that because of the way that the british political system works melbourne didn't just go away he's so now now that the tories are in power melbourne is still the head of the opposition so the fucker's still around oh yeah he like he didn't really go anywhere he's just not the one in charge but it's during this time that you know that Robert Peel, uh, the the head of the Tory Party, takes over as Prime Minister, and he went on to 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 appoint members of the royal household. So the people who would be like Victoria's ladies and waiting and such, um, they like went on to appoint Tory women and like you know the wives of like Tory politicians and things like that, um, because under Melbourne the ladies of Victoria's chamber or bedchamber, they were the wives of Whigs. They were the wives of the liberal party. Yeah. And so Peel wanted to come in and just swap everybody out, like full on, like, you know, baseball team lineup, like change it, you know, everybody, change it up. yep. Change it up. And 
Victoria was just like, no. That's not how this works. Yeah, no. And so, but at that time, it it was customary for for the prime minister to appoint the ladies of the bedchamber. And so she 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 objected absolutely rejected to the removal of these ladies and so this whole incident and like we see in the movie like it it was known as the bedchamber crisis and mm-hmm. so because peel deciding well i can't work under these conditions because like she's not gonna let me do what i want so i'm gonna quit so he pitched a fit that's essentially he what did the movie shows, he, yeah. yeah and so he he left and so melbourne was like thank you for keeping my seat warm i have returned <laughs> um and so, you know, again, like, it's two years into her reign in Victoria. You know, she is still unmarried. And because she's still unmarried, societal convention dictated that she still live with her mother, whom she hated because of this whole Kensington system thing. And so, you know, Melbourne was basically like, ah, you know, getting married would solve that problem. And she's like, that is a shocking alternative, sir. Um, and so um, she was still very interested in albert but she didn't she still didn't want to like rush into marriage i mean she says um, it in the movie it's like tra- it's trading one yeah it's trading one person for another for another yeah. um and so but in in october of 1939 albert visits <laughs> and five five days into his visit she's just like yeah hi marry me so because like she is just just absolutely just She's like, yep, nope, fuck it, let's get married. So they're engaged in October. They marry in they marry the tenth of February the following year. So they get married in nineteen forty, um, and um, eighteen forty. Yeah, eighteen forty. Sorry, I was like, that's not- yeah, no, sorry, I had a real problem with that. It, like trying it's to fine. trying to my, type in the correct dates. My brain and remember, just went, yeah, no, nineteen forty. That's nope, nope yeah, eighteen forty. <laughs> sorry, um, but like I said, so Victoria proposed marriage. They were married the following February. And, um, and so she was absolutely Twitter painted. Um, and so she wrote in her, this is, we have a diary entry from her from the day after her wedding. I never, never spent such an evening. Three exclamation points. (laughs) My dearest, dearest, dear Albert, his excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I never could have hoped to have felt before. He clasped me in his arms and we kissed each other again and again. His beauty, his sweetness and gentleness, really, how can I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband? To be called by names of tenderness I have never yet heard used to me before was bliss beyond belief. Oh, this was the happiest day of my life. Aww. So... Um, you know, from this point on, you know, Albert became an important like political advisor to Victoria, like and kind of mm-hmm. replaced <laughs> Melbourne as the um dominant influential figure um, as in, supposed to in be. her life, yes. <laughs> um and so as pretty much as soon as she was married, um the Duchess of Kent was like summarily like evicted. Everybody was like, get your shit and get out. Hit the road. Um but and it, this is in the movie and which i appreciated it took some time but through albert's kind of intervention and mediation relations between victoria and her mother they did improve over time um and as um starting at this point i want you to keep count of something for me okay because 
it just kind of kept happening in my research and I, I, I couldn't make sense of it, of how many times it happened. So I don't have an accurate count. So I want you to keep count. I'm giving you a job now. Okay. I will try. <laughs> Play along at home, kids. Um, I'm suddenly now like a children's TV presenter anyway, <laughs> but so, um, during Victoria's pregnancy in, in 1840, an assess the first assassination attempt was made uh, by Edward Oxford. This is in the movie. And it's while she and Albert were riding in a carriage to visit her mother. Um, Oxford fired twice, but no one was actually hit. Unlike in like the dramatization that we have in the movie. And it was never actually proven whether the gun was ever loaded or if it was just um, shots of gunpowder that he fired. And so he was, Oxford was committed to a lunatic asylum and then eventually shipped off to the penal colony of Australia. Um, because of the Hastings scandal and the bedchamber crisis, Victoria's popularity had waned um, in, you know, during those first couple of years, but now post-assassination attempt, her popularity was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she and Albert, like their first child uh, was born, a daughter also named Victoria. In my notes throughout the movie, I only refer to the Duchess as either the Duchess or Mama because she was also named Victoria. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. <laughs> so, um, so like I said, so, so their first child, a daughter also named Victoria, Victoria was born in late 1840, and even though it is well documented that Victoria abhorred pregnancy and thought that breastfeeding was absolutely disgusting, she and Albert had nine children, like a total of nine children in 17 years. I'm just saying, he must have been real good. I mean, I'm just saying. yeah. Um, and so, um, Two years after the first assassination attempt, another one was made by John Francis, who pointed a gun at Victoria, but didn't fire. He just pointed the gun at her. Um, So Francis was also sent to Australia. Two months after that, John William Bean also tried to take a shot at Victoria, but his gun was only loaded with paper and tobacco and contained too little gunpowder to actually do any harm. Um... Yeah, I know. It's most of these people were were um, convicted as like like just like not guilty by reason of insanity. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. But then I remembered that this is also during the time when we were making hats with mercury. Yeah, and so a lot of people just went batshit crazy for no reason. Yep. So. Um, so that's three. Mm -hmm. Then we have, so then a few years after that, um, in 1849, Irishman William Hamilton also fired a powder filled pistol at Victoria as she drove by in her carriage. And then a year later, she was, um, she wasn't fired at, but she was assaulted by a crazed ex-army officer named Robert Pate. And he struck her with, with his cane, like hitting her in the head and like bruising her forehead. This is the only time that she was ever actually injured in all of her, in all of the attacks against her. And, um, yeah, uh, Hamilton and Pate again, both sent to Australia. Um, so a few years after that, um, her, uh, Victoria's mother died. And, uh, in 1861 and while reading her mother's papers, Victoria realized that her mother actually loved her a lot 
And it sent her into like a deeper kind of spiral of grief. And so it was during this time, Albert basically took over like the vast majority of her duties, even though at the time he was pretty ill himself and he was like beset with chronic stomach, uh, stomach troubles. Um, and so later in 1861, I, they found out like they, they went to, they went to, I think Dublin to visit their son, Albert, the Prince of Wales. Um, they went to visit him on army maneuvers in Ireland and, and then th they come back to England and then later find out that he had slept with an Irish actress and they were not pleased with this. They were very upset with, you know, the philandering of their eldest son. And so Albert went to go confront the Prince of Wales uh, while he was studying in Cambridge. And it was immediately like after that, that he came down with typhoid and, and then he succumbed to typhoid fever on December 14th, 1861. And so that left Victoria beyond devastated she went into even deeper mourning and she continued to wear black for the rest of her life mm -hmm. she still undertook like kind of basic essential um like official government duties but she entered a period of seclusion and absolutely refused to go out in public for quite a few years i mean um, it's understandable everything and, she went through yes but this isolation, it caused her popularity to wane, um, just popularity of the monarchy in general. Mm -hmm. um, and it encouraged the growth of the like the British Republican movement. Mm -hmm. And and so at, at Leopold's behest, she did very briefly like venture like she kind of went like she got out, rode in a carriage took a turn around the botanical gardens and then fucked back off to the castle um, in 1865. So four years after Albert's death. Um, and so by the early 1870s, the Republican movement, it grew exponentially. And so there were MPs of the radical party, which was kind of aligned with the Tories Um MPs of the Radical Party were speaking out against her, like, at rallies, um, and people were demanding just, like, the removal, like, like the, the, like, Queen Victoria's removal altogether. And the next year, the Prince of, Albert Prince of Wales contracted typhoid fever, and he was laid low with it for a long time. He was still sick with typhoid at the time of the 10th anniversary of Albert's death rolled around. And so Victoria absolutely like fell into despair thinking that she was going to lose her son the same way she did her husband, but he did finally eventually recover. And so after his recovery, so now we're in um, February of 1872, another assassination attempt is made on Victoria's life, but it was stopped before the pistol could ever be fired. And it was stopped by John Brown, who is a man that like, there's a whole complicated history with John Brown. I'm not going to get into, uh, cause we ain't there's got a that. movie. There's a movie. Um, and Maybe so, we'll watch it so yes. So after this assassination attempt, her popularity soared once again. Um, and then, so then in 18, 
82, so this is 10 years later, a disgruntled poet who was angry at Victoria for refusing to accept his poems attempted to fire at her as she rode along in the carriage, but he was, this is my favorite part, he was thwarted by two Etonian schoolboys who beat the shit out of him with their umbrellas until the police arrived. Good boys! <laughs> the, the poet... As per usual, he was found guilty by not reason of insanity. And this kind of irritated Victoria. Like, these fuckers just keep doing this. Um, And so, like, she was irritated. But, I mean, on the other hand, she was also really pleased by the outpourings of loyalty following this attack. And she is quoted as saying, quote, It was worth being shot at to see how much one is loved. That's great. So in in 1896, she celebrated her Diamond Jubilee, having at that time surpassed her grandfather, George III, as the previous longest reigning monarch. And then on January 22nd, 1901, Victoria died at the age of 81. Um, Her son and successor, Edward VII, and her grandson, Emperor Wilhelm II, they were at her deathbed. Three days later, Edward Wilhelm and her uh, her other son, Arthur, were laid. Uh, they laid her in her casket. Um, she was buried in a white gown and her wedding veil. And she had an array of mementos placed alongside her. Some of that from John Brown, which, again, I'm not going to get into. Um, but some of the mementos placed alongside her in her coffin were Albert's dressing gown and a plaster cast of his hand. Um after two days of lying in state, she was interred uh, beside Albert, and with a reign of sixty-three years, seven days, or seven months and two days, Victoria was the longest reigning British monarch, um, as well as the longest reigning queen in world history, until she was surpassed by her great, great, great granddaughter Elizabeth II on September 9th, two thousand fifteen. That was seven, by the way. Seven. Se- yeah, okay. When I was taking notes, I'm like, I can't keep track. I really can't. Seven. Seven. So, um, but anyway, like I said, there is there is so much more about Queen Victoria, like, mm-hmm. that I didn't really get into. You know, like, her in the 1870s becoming the Empress of India, um, how she handled uh, the Great Famine mm-hmm. in, uh, in Ireland. Um, you know, some of, like, the things that she did as monarch, like, you know, like, visiting certain countries and things like that like making her like the first british monarch ever to step foot in those countries things like that and then like i said that saying nothing of the relationships that she had with or not relationships but like her interactions with various like prime ministers um Mm -hmm. the whole thing with john brown um and which you know as you said that is a movie it's like mrs brown i think is what it's called something like that yeah and it's it starring judy dench Mm -hmm. um and then and then her later uh, relationship with uh, uh, Munshi, which mm-hmm. is uh, a Muslim word for uh, like secretary, basically. Also a movie. Yes, uh, <laughs> with a man named um, uh, Abdul Abdul Karim, um, which I think it's uh, like Victoria yeah. and Abdul is the name of the movie. Yeah, it's like it's yeah Victoria and Abdul, um, also starring Judy, Judy Dench, Dench. Um, and it. Um, but he and I, I just thought this was like fascinating. Was that he? You know, he like is a Muslim who kind of became like a personal secretary to her he taught her urdu um and and then like it was found out that like he didn't like he lied or didn't have like as high of a station as he had told people in victoria was just like yeah like 
fuck off because like she she just kind of accused them of you know like 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 making it a racist thing <laughs> and just like yeah no screw y'all and kept him on as as her secretary and he was her secretary until her death and then upon her death like he received like a pension and and things like that so um i'd there's so much there and like again all the stuff with i mean her. she reigned for a really long time as i said six, 63 years yeah. 63 years seven months two days and and there and there and i i did i also like looked into albert i didn't have as much time um but you know it's it said like yes he he was kind of stern with the children like at certain points i mean the man was german after all um you know that he um like he he could be stern but at the same time like everybody who ever saw him interact with victoria or like any of their children was basically just like like he was like the most loving caring kindest gentlest man and everybody's like it was it was readily apparent and like and even in times when he could get kind of harsh with the children you know they would later say that like it didn't like it didn't last long and and that he realized that like he loved and needed them as much as they loved and needed him, which I thought was just kind of, I was like, I know my heart. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, fuck, there are so many things around this world that are named for Victoria and Albert. It is mm-hmm. not even fucking funny, which I did love the fact that he was just like, please like no, no monuments in my name. And we have like the fucking like Royal Albert hall mm-hmm. and, and shit like that. He was just like, please no, like I, I want nothing. God damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but anyway, professor Kia's history corner is over. I, I am so sorry. I know that had to have lasted like eight hours. This is why they listen. If they didn't, if they didn't want to hear you talk about it, they wouldn't listen to this episode. <laughs> Let's just be honest. So the movie itself starts, like, it, it does a lot of, like, flash... Like, you started talking about timey-wimey. Like, we see, like, dialogue says 1819, a child is born, and it's got this... Yeah, we, yeah, we see a title card. It says 1819, yeah. a child is born in a London palace, caught between two royal uncles, the King of England and the King of the Belgians. She is destined to be queen and to rule a great empire, unless she is forced to relinquish her powers and sign a regency order. And, like, while all this is being said, we are seeing her at her coronation... And then it, like, it says on the top of 18, uh, yeah, it's 1838, she's, she's crowned, but we've got her voiceover talking about the Kensington system, talking about how much she hates Sir John, um, and, uh, yeah, it's how they want her to sign the regency agreement because she's too young to Mm -hmm. rule, um, all that kind of stuff yeah, is happening. We kind of get like the, the, the kind of, the the important point of like talking about the Kensington system. It's like I could not sleep in a room without Mama or even walk downstairs without holding the hand of an adult. Um, and then saying, you know, Sir John's dream was that the king would die and there would be a regency where my mother would rule England and he would rule my mother. And so that kind of gives you like the setup for her yeah. life. Um, you know, she talks about how she knows she was lucky yeah. to be born with privilege, but even a palace can be a prison. Yes. And she was kept imprisoned essentially at Kensington. Mm-hmm. It is the way she viewed it. Yeah. Um, and then, so like we see, um, like, it's like, you know, we're seeing, you know, the, like 
we see a like oh like under that voiceover we there is a montage of victoria like while mm-hmm. she's growing up and like seeing the, the kenzian system whatever and it culminates in her coronation mm-hmm. and then it jumps back a year yeah which is I was, okay that's weird <laughs> um and so then it jumps back a year and she victoria is in bed and she's ill and Conroy is angrily trying to force her to sign the Regency Agreement. And she goes across the room. She refuses. Doesn't care how sick she is. She's not yeah. doing it. Um, um, and the, the governess comes in and, and lets in. Yeah. And she's like, she's like There's, she has to take her medicine. You need to go. Yeah. So they, like, they pack up yeah. and, and get out the room. But yeah. Um, so we see all that. We see King <laughs> Leopold. Yeah. King, King Leopold. Um, there there's a character in this like the man that he is talking to at this moment the man the the man's name is baron stockmar i just refer to him as the baron throughout yeah um he's basically there for leopold to have his thoughts like someone to hear his thoughts and to give the political advice that it's it's basically the political exposition of the movie for for their yes for for that section yeah and so like like leopold says that victoria is an ignorant baby for not signing uh, for refusing to sign the regency order um and then you know but the baron tells him you know it she's almost 18 like it doesn't really make sense for her to sign the regency you're order you're backing the wrong horse yeah and Switch and sides. tells <laughs> and tells and tells him that you know like it would be better just forget your sister forget conroy just support victoria from the outset and and so then he's like, I, I don't want to hear it. Like, get your ass back to Germany and continue my nephew's training. So they're training Albert to win over the queen. Mm-hmm. Or, well, she's not the queen yet, but to win over Victoria by going over, like, we see a section where he's going over all of her favorites later yes. on. But, um, um, well, yeah, because we get, uh, like, like the you know, this baron, like, he's telling Albert, you know, Leopold's reign is tenuous. And his his reign only comes after like six years of civil war, and he only has the the like the Belgian crown because he had William's support yeah. from England, and it's he's going to need that continued support, and so that like Albert is key to that, mm-hmm. um, and so and that's th- when he starts quizzing on like yeah. what it's like what's your favorite opera and like what's all this and when blah, she's blah, blah. only allowed very certain. Things. It's only been in the, last, in the last year that she's got to read novels, novels, and yeah, stuff like that. So she's she's still like discovering like a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. And she's kept away from court so that her mother and Sir John have complete rule over her. Yes, and and here we find out that <clears throat> that it's the king's birthday mm-hmm. soon, and and because you know Victoria's just gotten over being ill, um, the Duchess. Uh, her mama suggests like what you know like you you still look a little peaky like why why don't we like get away for a vacation like for the month of august and and victoria just kind of coldly glares at her like we missed the queen's birthday we're not missing the king's you've already disobeyed him by taking the rooms you weren't supposed to take yep because that comes up later Uh (laughs) uh-huh you've already disobeyed him there so we are not doing that again it's not happening and you can already see that like for someone who was raised in this way she's got a stubborn bone that's not gonna get (laughs) like yes i mean that's queen victoria but yes like the stubbornness did not get 
bred not bred out of her that's the wrong word but didn't mm. get beaten out of her yes by because a lot of lesser people it would have mm-hmm. they would have been like this is just easier yeah. like let's just go with what's easy um, and makes life more peaceful yeah but and, she's not gonna do that yeah and the the duchess says that she's invited the coburg brothers to visit um leopold tells albert that he cannot make any mistakes during this visit like so many things depend on you getting this right um and and leopold tells albert you know like the kings of belgium and portugal and you know and like the mother of the queen of england albert is a coburg and like he is the he is the next piece in the game and he said he tells albert to go to england and make her smile and i love there's a moment between albert and his brother ernest and he's like, what if she wants to dance? And it's your first visit. She's not it's like, yeah, it's your dance. first visit. She's not going to want to dance. You'll be fine. And and so I love that that Albert and Ernest, they, they arrive at Kensington Palace. And, you know, Sir John greets them. He's taking them in to, to meet uh, to meet with the Duchess. And Victoria, she's like... Zoom! <laughs> like rushes in, just intercepts them New immediately. People. Yeah, and and Ernest is like super chill. Like Ernest has got nothing riding on this visit. Like he is just a long for the ride. He is just the chaperone. That's yes, it. he is there. And then she's you know, and so you know, she's like, "How how was your journey?" And they're like, "I it was fine. We long we passed the time. You know, it was it and... was long. Blah blah blah." And then and then Albert is just like. I read this and it's, it's like the Her one favorite book. book yeah, yeah. Like it's the novel, like a novel that he knows that she's read. It's just literally just like, bleh, like blurts it out. And it's just like, okay. Well, her <laughs> face, her face goes knowing. She's like, oh okay. yeah, you're one of those. Great. And so it's, I love as soon as her back is turned, Ernest just whack, <laughs> like smacks his like brother. An idiot. <laughs> yeah. And so we, Albert and Victoria, they walk together in the garden and he, and he asks, you know, if he's offended her. And she's just like, no, you've not offended me. Because, like, they had been talking about, you know, music and he brings up, he's like, oh, yeah, I like this opera. And she's like, yeah, you know, I really like that one, too. But now I like this one better. And because she knows. Like, she's, yeah. she's very quick on the draw of, and he only likes what I like. Yeah. And so then, you know, and then, like, this kind of awkward moment passes. And then he, he tells, he's like, I like Schubert. Because he was told not to say yeah. that, essentially. And, yeah, he's just, like, not to, like, admit to having, like, any likes of his own. And not having any personality of his yeah, own, but he's basically. Like, yeah, I know you don't like Schubert, he's, but I yeah. do. He's like, he's like, I think perhaps you don't, but I do. And she says, I don't mind Schubert. But she's now a little bit charmed because yeah. he expressed yeah. a real opinion. Well, I, I I love, you know, he says, he's like, I like Schubert. He's like, he's like, I do, but I think perhaps you don't. She's like, I don't mind Schubert. And he's just good. good. Like, okay, like, now we actually have some common ground. Mm-hmm. And... Like that evening, like they're playing chess and everybody in the room is watching them. Like, and, and so Victoria asks, you know, do you ever feel like a chess piece yourself in a game being played against your will? He says, do you? Constantly. She says, I see them moving in and moving around the board. The Duchess and Sir John, not just them, but Uncle Leopold, the king. I'm sure half the politicians are eager to grab my skirts and drag me from square to square. 
then you had better master the rules of the game until you can play it better than they can. You don't recommend I find a husband to play it for me. I should find one to play it with you, not for you. Good line. I know. Um, and so, and so then, but she's like, she's like, and, hmm. and then, and then immediately she's like, why don't we dance? Like I have recently just fallen in love with the waltz and he just kind of glances over at his brother with, 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 with fuck you daggers in his eye. <laughs> and he's like, and then dance. he's like, he's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not good at the waltz basically. And she's just like, oh, okay. Um, and then. And then Victoria just kind of like, she's like, you know, like King William, he wants me to marry my cousin George. And I was like, and how is George a chess? And then like knocks over her queen and checkmate. I love it. It's so good. Um, But then because again, she has to hold somebody's hand every time she goes up and down the stairs. um, Her governess, Letson, is walk like escorting her. Letson is not a fan of Albert. No. From the outset. No. Um, so she, like, Letson is taking her upstairs to bed and Albert kind of calls after her. And, and so he comes up the stairs and then Victoria just hastily says, she's like, oh, Al- Albert can take me. Al- Albert can walk me upstairs. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then she tells him, you know, that, but he tells her like, you know, but you're going to have to hold my hand. And she says, you know, Mama insists. I hope you don't mind. Not not in the least. I just love it. It's it's such yep. a like it's such like a maneuver. I love it. It's so great. But and um, he asks her if he can write to her as he's walking yeah, up the stairs. That's why he, he was Yeah, well he he tells her like he understands what her life is and he tells her, you know, a little bit of his own and you know, like growing up, like, you know, his parents kind of like divorced and, and all this kind of stuff when he was younger and like and he grew up without a mother basically and and he says you know he's like i know what it is to live alone inside your head while never giving a clue as to your real feelings did uncle leopold ask you to tell me that no he actually told me to never mention it wow how little he knows of me and so he kind of takes her further upstairs and then asks if he can write to her and mm-hmm. then he like kisses her hand and leaves and so the governess um, lets in, like, once Victoria is in her rooms, says that, you know, like, the princes, like, I mean, like, ah, oh, you just, you don't like them. I mean, like, they, they just pester you, right? And and so then Victoria mentioned, she's like, well, you know, like, I'm going to have to marry you one day. And, um... And, oh no sorry it's Letson who's saying she's like oh like yeah like I know like these pester you but like blah 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 but, like, I mean like you're gonna have to marry somebody one day and then this is when she says that she has no intention of leaving one prison for another yeah um and then I love as soon as they get back in Germany Albert starts taking waltzing lessons like immediately <laughs> he's like I will not be caught off guard again like, <laughs> I missed the chance yes I love like, he, he just sealed the he's, deal he's right ste- there he steps out of the carriage and it's just like, get me a dance instructor. Yeah. Um, and then we see um, Prime Minister Melbourne talking to the king, I think it is, right? Or no, they, well, no, it's no for, he's first entering. Well, they're talking about well, him. Victoria is getting ready to go to mm-hmm. to the palace for yes. Will, for William's birthday. And, and Conroy is telling her, like, you know, don't say this, don't do that, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and she's like, I'm going to the, like, I'm going to the castle. And he's like, yeah, the castle of the enemy. And she's like, your enemy, enemy, not mine. And then the, and then the Duchess is like, what about the, what about those rooms? Oh, just tell him, tell him you needed them. Like, yeah. 
like like tell him it was necessary it's yeah. okay well and and back in germany we see you know the the baron is telling albert about lord melbourne yes. and saying that you know as a liberal prime minister he could be problematic because he would put the interests of england above those of europe and albert's like and that's bad isn't that his job and and the baron says like it's bad for us he wouldn't spill one drop of english blood to save a foreign throne why would he want to save a foreign throne if it wasn't in english england's interest see that's the kind of thinking that your uncle leopold is afraid of yeah. <laughs> like and you know it's like and that is why he wants to find like you know that that's why like the idea of like you know his niece being the queen of england yes this is good you know but if she falls under melbourne's sway, and she falls under melbourne's sway is like the um and he says like that's why you know the next prime minister is going to be a tory it's going to be robert peel and and so albert asked okay you know well which side does victoria favor and he says you know she's a liberal he says above all she favors lord melbourne and he'll take full advantage of it um it's like you know it's it, it's his method and and albert says don't underestimate victoria and the baron tells him don't underestimate melbourne yeah um and then victoria arrives at the palace for the birthday party and she and william king william are adorable i love it like because she and jim broadbent just like the way that they play this is very much doting uncle yes and, and adoring niece yes like if they could have spent more time together i, I yeah they could have been a force to be reckoned with absolutely because mis the mischievousness they there is a moment they are standing in the middle of this very crowded room that is full of like backstabbing conniving like uh, politicians like, yeah politicians <laughs> and nobility but, yeah nobility i couldn't think of the word nobility for some reason but like just all these like backstabbing conniving kind of people and and he and he like drops his voice down low and he and he says if i come close to your ear and speak softly they'll suspect we're hatching a plot and if i come away in surprise <gasps> then they'll be sure of it and like they just they laugh together and it's such a good moment because immediately like conroy and her mother and like all of these people Conroy's not there oh connor's, connor's not, not welcome yeah i know true sorry but it's just like yeah. like her mother and like all these people like who are on they the do. on the other side of the room are like oh fuck like like sound the alarm <laughs> and like so, he reintroduced her to her cousin george yes you can see immediately albert has no competition there. yeah and and you know and you know william tells her he's like i wish i saw more of you and then he raises his voice but then neither you nor i are to blame for that some people take things that don't belong to them. Like, like he very much is all about embarrassing his sister-in-law and, and, and then, and then start shouting at her about the number of rooms that she's and taken. His wife, I love his wife. She, Harriet calmed, Walter. Yeah. She, the, she calms him down. I love her. She's like, that's enough, dear. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. And they go on with the meal. Everything is mm -hmm. nice. And she is seated next, Victoria seated next to Melbourne yes. at dinner. Well, there, there is a moment because it's as kind of like they're heading mm -hmm. out of this, this room. We have like, um, the Duke of Wellington had mm -hmm. been introduced as was Robert Peel, the, the leader of the Tory party. And they're kind of off to one side talking and Wellington comments to Peel on Victoria's spirit for not signing the Regency agreement when she was sick and her mother and Conroy tried to force her. Mm -hmm um so it speaks well of her yeah basically. it speaks well of her um 
And so then, yes, she is seated next to Melbourne at dinner. And Melbourne plays the I knew your dad and he was so wonderful card. Mm-hmm. And I love that, like, while that card is being played and she is being kind of enchanted mm-hmm. by Melbourne, you go over to the Duke of Wellington. Is, I think it's Duke of Wellington. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the Duke like, of Wellington. I don't have, like, he's talking to. He's talking to, the woman is the, she is the Duchess of Sutherland. Mm-hmm. And she was, I I can't remember if this was the first time or not, but she she was what became known as the mistress of the robes, which mm-hmm. was kind of like the senior most lady in the, like the, yeah. the hierarchy of the ladies of the bed. Yeah, we see that later. Yeah. Yes. And so anytime for like for years, like anytime that the wigs were in power, she was the mistress of robes. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's, yeah, the, the, the Duke talking, of Wellington is talking the to her like, about I don't, Melbourne. I don't have the charm. I couldn't yeah. say the things he's saying. Her father was the most vicious officer I've ever known. Yeah. Well, it's like, and so like yeah, because it's Melbourne is very he, much prettying up. Melbourne like is charming Victoria and and Duke Wellington is commenting on that. And the Duchess kind of like rightfully calls him out and is like, if your party were in power, you would be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, absolutely. He says, but, you know, he says, he tells her, he's like, I don't have the ability for small talk. Peel doesn't have any manners. And, you know, so neither one of us would be able to accomplish anything like as like Melbourne is doing. And that's when he says like, and also like her dad was the worst. <laughs> yeah, her dad was the worst. Like, Melbourne playing that card of your dad was great when her mm-hmm. dad apparently was very much not great. Mm-hmm. But like I like well, that, it's, or at least according to okay, he was vicious according to. But again, Wellington. I think it's it's coming from two completely different perspectives. That's fair. Is that the Duke of Wellington is looking at him as an officer, as yeah. a soldier, whereas True. Melbourne is speaking of him as like he was a friend and I liked I, him. The way it was portrayed in the movie, I yeah. took it as he was prettying up her dad's reputation to butter her up. That was the way it, I took it. In a political maneuver, it's like, oh, you didn't know him? He was wonderful. Even if the person was hot garbage, people will say that. I mean, so, yeah. No, that's absolutely that's, true. That's what I took but, it as, but it could be either. Like, I can see you. But, your, your yeah, too, it, yeah. But, but, that's, but see, that is the thing, is that to you can't necessarily take it at face value. Yeah, that yeah for it's, either side, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, all politicians, and, like, they have their own agenda. And so, yes, like, but again, like, as I said, Melbourne was speaking of him, like, as a person and, like, somebody who loved and cared for his family. And the Duke of Wellington is basically, like, he was the most, like, vicious and terrible officer, like, I ever saw. He's speaking of him in a military context. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's, just, it's an interesting, like, yeah. I don't know... I guess I took the took it differently than you did. That's mm-hmm. all, because I took it as Melbourne's lying. Melbourne mm-hmm. is straight up lying to win the Queen's favor. Yeah, like that's the way I took it because that's how it's mm-hmm. kind of been portrayed. Is that Melbourne at this point is going to play whatever cards he can to win her affection, mm-hmm. to win her favor? Yeah, that's that's all I was meaning by yeah. It. But again, it, it's also like what we see in this movie and and how it's kind of happened through history is that. Yes, he's doing it like for his own agenda, but he also has the current ruler urging him to do it. Like, mm-hmm. like because like William is basically like, "Go get in there." Like, we yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, and then William stands up and um, embarrasses mom. 
Yep, because I love that he 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 he's very drunk and he stands up to give a speech at at this dinner and says that, you know, he has lived a very long life, but he pretty much knows he's not going to live much longer, but by god, he is going to hold out just a little while longer, just enough to avoid a regency and pass the royal authority directly to Victoria. Um and then he really excoriates the duchess who um, leaves the room yeah who, yeah he he excoriates her for acting above her station and keeping victoria from him mm-hmm. and so she flees the dining room and this actually happened but because she was a duchess and he was the king she was not allowed to leave she was not allowed to leave and run away she had to sit there and take it it. yeah as she got up and left i don't think that was supposed to happen but yep but this this duchess doesn't really obey a lot of the conventions (laughs) she's supposed to no um but yeah so then melbourne talks is talking to the king later well we we get a little bit of um um basically it's it's oh it's, yeah that's I skipped yeah that. it's right we there. we get we get a little bit of like sir john's know. like you have to sign well that but also we get a little bit of um <laughs> we get a little bit of like of albert like is is, is there anything from england and victoria like did, did i get a letter well you did but it's from the king it's it's from the king it's not from germany oh <laughs> we but get then, like sir john like physically throttles like he he when she refuses again to sign any re- to sign any regency, it's and it's she- it's not just the signing of the regency. Yeah, it's-, it's that King William has sent a oh, yeah. letter and has said that upon her 18th birthday, that as soon as she turns 18, that he is going to increase her income, and that he want like is kind of like demanding that he see her at court yeah. more often. And Conroy is furious yeah and he's and like, he's and he is telling he's he is telling her outright he's like he is saying that all the king wants to do is to come between victoria and her mother is all that he is trying to do and so um and so then um you know and the duchess is saying you're know, like oh you know victoria like we're just doing this for your own good because you know you're you're underprepared for what's about to happen and victoria is like bitch whose fault is that and she tries to like leave the room and he physically grabs her and throws her onto a couch and i'm like buddy you better be glad that certain people didn't see that because you'd have been on your way to australia (laughs) and but yeah but he tells her you know you are going to give that to tell the king no and to tell him to give that money to your mother yep you are going to tell him that you are not going to court and you are going to sign the regency and she looks hold on there's there's another addendum uh, in there. He says he says um, he orders her to tell William to send the money directly to her mother, and demands that she appoint immediately appoint uh, Conroy as her private secretary, and then she has to agree to a co regency with the Duchess until she's twenty five. And she basically goes, "I don't want the money. Take it." Yeah. and then walks out the room because she's like, "No, no, no, no. This yeah. is not and, how this is going to play." And and in this moment, tells her mother is like. Like, if you think that I will ever forget that you just stood by silent and watched him treat me thus, you are dreaming. And then we yeah. see Melbourne talking to the king and they're worried about Victoria. Mm-hmm. So Melbourne's like, well, and that Conroy will essentially get his hooks in because mm-hmm. nobody realizes the vehemence to which she hates John Conroy. Yeah. Like, there is no way she will ever appoint him anything. Yeah. But they don't realize that because no one gets to talk to Victoria. Mm-hmm. 
So Melbourne's like, I'll go visit and I'll, you know, kind of put put my tethers out as it mm-hmm. is. And, you know, I'll help her. I'll advise her on how to, you know, set up her household and, and things like that. And kind of basically he's going to go, I'm going to go see where her head's at. Like, I'm going to see how she is and see if we can, mm-hmm. you know, nip John Conroy. Because, like I said, they have no idea the yeah. actual influence. <laughs> And, and he I gets love, there to find I, out. Well, that hold on. She's I like, love. I love the moment like Melbourne leaves and King William just kind of drops exhaustedly into the chair at his desk and says to his wife, Queen Adelaide, that like, dear God, please just let me hold on until May. Like, let me live long enough to see her turn eighteen. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, this is when Melbourne, Melbourne shows up at the house and they start talking and he finds out. Oh he don't have to worry about john conroy mm-hmm. getting hooks in because she hates him mm-hmm. and so they they begin talking and forming this the beginning yeah. of their friendship essentially and she does take his advice on how to form her household and yeah and he and offers to be her private secretary she, yeah she says that that she knows that like she like said she never wants to see john conroy again like just fucking like she knows he's gonna be where she punt is him. But she doesn't want it just punt him into the sun she wants to never see him again but you know she said she's like i know i'm gonna have to put up with flora hastings like i can't get rid of her because my mother has to have a lady in waiting um and she's like but conroy is done and you know melbourne is like i mean yes fair however we can't prevent your mother from keeping him on her staff and she's like well yeah no but i just don't ever want to see him yeah again. And, and so, but he, he's like, yeah. I can be your private secretary. I'll help you out with everything. Mm-hmm. I will be your man in the chair. Yes. Like, I, will, <laughs> I will help you yes. get settled and learn what you need to learn and do what you need to do because no one else is going to. Mm-hmm. And so that, that sets them up. And then we see poor Albert trying to write a letter and yep. failing spectacularly. And his brother is mocking him, which is just what mm-hmm. brothers do. He's like, just tell her how you feel. Like, don't. Just yeah. tell her. Well, no, uh, Ernest actually, like, he tells Albert, he's like, why don't you go to England? Yeah, go, yeah. Yeah, why don't you go to England? And Albert's is like, what, like a vulture? To just hover there until the king is dead? And and so, you know, this is when, like, Albert admits that he likes Victoria more than he dared hope. He says, but none of this is up to, he's like, none of this is up to me. And, um... And he says, you know, what do you call it when a man waits for a rich woman to decide whether or not she wants him? And then this is where Ernest is like, just why don't you just tell her how you feel? Um, and so he writes to Victoria. He says, no, my dear Victoria, these days will be full of sadness since I know the king is dear to you. Will you allow me to offer my support, albeit at a distance? If I cannot be with you, then I pray you will hear my voice in the music that I send. You know my love of Schubert. It's like, this is his swan song, and I play it with you in my heart. And we see him kind of like playing, playing the piano, the piano. And, and sending her this sheet music. And and then Leopold asks the Baron, you know, do you think that, that Albert is ready? And the Baron says, he's like... Oh, Albert is ready. Like whenever we need him, like Albert Albert's is re- prime. Al- he's, Albert he's, is prime. <laughs> Albert is ready to go. Victoria is not. Yeah, no. And and he says he's like I. W-. And so then the Baron says he's like I think we should you know let her enjoy the freedom that the succession will bring her, and then wait until like. <laughs> Wait for our moment to strike when the disillusionment and the loneliness set in. Because um, that's then, how it works. Yes. And then, you know, we see Victoria being awakened early one morning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, June 20th of 1837 and told she's the queen that she is the queen um and so you know she has because uh, the like the king i think william died at like two something in the morning and she was awakened at like 6 a.m and told this and so it's super early in the morning and so she comes out of the room like after she's you know been like met with these officials and told like you know long live the queen she she leaves the room and says okay i'm going back to bed and she tells um you know she's like she's like i i'm gonna go back to bed now um i suspect you know lord, lord melbourne, melbourne will be, be arriving you know let's in like please like <coughs> make sure he's taking yeah care make, of make sure I he's taking yeah make sure he's taken care of if i'm not awake and she heads to she heads to go upstairs and the duchess is like oh, wait 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 made like i'll i'll hold your hand he's like <laughs> no i'm the queen now yeah it's not happening and then like at the foot of the stairs she looks at at her governess letson and says and and asks like have my like as when after i get up like have my bed moved to a room of its own like as soon as possible and um and so then we she meets with her privy council mm-hmm. which addresses this, them this room of old white dudes um and and gives you know a speech and tells you know, and tells them you know that she knows that she's young but she's very eager to learn and that she desperately wants to serve the country and asks you know it's like I, like please help me along the way and then she we see that that's kind of the end of the meeting and we see her come out of the meeting and she like skips down the yeah, hallway she i love of, yeah. she comes she comes out of this room and you see her just like breathe this sigh of relief and then uh the duchess of sutherland who i just referred to as sutherland in my notes for the rest of the, the thing uh, she she just like she breathes a sigh of relief and smiles at Sutherland and then starts skipping and then running down the rest of the hallway. She's free, like, yeah, she's free. And I time. and I love like Sutherland just kind of smiles and shakes her head because like the woman knows and she's like she deserves yeah. this. like she she deserves a minute to just yeah and, and then we see like <laughs> well we see Albert get a letter mm-hmm. and it's already been opened because leopold like they they have his mail screened so that they get to be the first one to read these letters he's like oh you'll like this one (laughs) she has a flair for for description yeah and and so victoria's letter you know she informs albert that she went to inspect buckingham palace and that she's going to be the first sovereign to live there you know and she tells him of the freedom that she felt stepping out of the carriage and and then you know, she she walks with Queen Adelaide, the now dowager, and and Adelaide tells Victoria like you know she like you're gonna have to marry soon, and she asks, um, she asks about Albert, and Victoria says I can't. Victoria's like, please, I can't marry who they actually want me to marry. Like, just no, that's not going to happen. And then Adelaide tells her, she's like, okay, every suitor is going to come with strings attached. And Victoria's just like, can't, for the love of God, can I not just be my own person for a little while? Have I not earned that? And, um, and then, you know, she goes, like, she changes the subject talking about Lord Melbourne and saying, you know, like, he's kind and, like, she couldn't have asked for a better tutor. And Adelaide tells her, like, you might dream of independence, but you won't get it. Like, everyone will push you and pull you for their own advantage, 
Melbourne more than the rest. And she's like, just remember, you are queen and he is a politician. And politicians, whatever their creed, always resent a monarchy. They pass through, you stay. So just keep dear Lord M in his proper sphere. And then Victoria's just like, <clears throat> oh, fuck. Um, he already kind of chose the household. <laughs> and you just see the queen's face like, oh, my gosh. And so, you know, then, like, Melbourne... You know, he tells Victoria, he's like, oh, you like, I like all of these ladies that I have chosen. They've, they've accepted. And she's like, um, you know, like, um, my aunt kind of warned me about maybe like being too partisan. And then he tells her, he's like, I, 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 I know just as much about running the household as, as the dowager. So, um, don't like, we, we want friends around us. So like, I'm, I'm going to handle everything. I'm taking care of you. It's fine. But then, but then he, he throws in, he's like, I mean. We don't want Sir John Con- Conroy sneaking his feet back under the table. And then she's, she's like, uh, yeah, fuck no. I mean, you got a point. See, like, she, she, is bas- she is basically, like, like having Melbourne, like, they are building a human wall around her. Well, and he's found the button to push to, uh-huh. to, to be like, oh, John yep. Conroy, that's, and, the, that's the panic button. Yeah, and, and then this is where, you know, like, he asks about, like, the room being cold. It's it like, why has a fire not been lit? And she's like, oh, okay. So, like, I have, you know, like, my staff, and then there's this other, like, section of staff who isn't mine. And, well, they can't agree on who's actually supposed to, like, light the fires and blah, blah, blah. So they just keep going back and forth. And she's like, fuck, it needs to be sorted out. Like, this is ridiculous. And then he's just like, I didn't, I didn't know. No, no, no. Like, it's fine. This is the way that it's been working it's fine you can freeze to death we're not ruffling feathers yeah. is basically what happens and so um like it's traditional if it's always been done that way then it needs to be done that way yes and so um you know he tells her you know she's like well i mean like but we have to like make improvements and like try to do good and, and all like and she's like i want to do good and he and he tells her, he's like uh-uh, ne- never try <laughs> to do good because it just lands a person in the most terrible scrapes and um and then he um and i love like there's a movie's like like it just it just it lands a person in the most terrible scrapes she's like that's that's not exactly what they preach from the pulpit and he's like yeah that's why i don't go to church it's just a funny little moment like and it makes me laugh but then he um you know he's kind of walking around the room while he's talking to her and he sees um like a letter has fallen off of her desk and he picks it up to put it back and it's from albert and victoria kind of like oh fuck he gives a concerned glance yeah he gives her a glance and she's like i've i've not made any promises to him like i swear and and she's like but you know like i just i feel so alone sometimes and it's just nice of somebody to talk to and he's just like you have me you're not alone that's just a different manipulation anyway yes i know and so then in you know letters to albert victoria just she does nothing but rave about lord melbourne all the virtues yes and and is looking forward to albert Albert meeting him getting concerned and he is albert is so frustrated that all she talks about is melbourne and absolutely nothing else and and the Baron is just like, dude, calm your tits. Like, just just chill. And Albert is like, ah, uh, nope, nope, I am going back there. I am and, going to and, visit. And the Baron is just like, yeah, no, you need a reason for that. You can't just up and go visit the Queen. And then Albert is like, 
find me a reason. And we see him packing. (laughs) Yep. And so, like, it's, like, it's the fucking middle of the night. They are packing. They are loading up this carriage. And Alvarez getting hit and Ernest is there with him. And he asks, he's like, so, are you going to propose? And Ernest is like, and, like, and Albert, is, you know, just says, like, I'm going to spend some time with her. That's all. Besides, it has to come from her. Like, it would be forbidden. I couldn't propose even if I wanted to. Which he definitely does. He's like, <laughs> just so we're clear. He's like, and then I love, because Ernest, being, being a brother, is like, and do you want to? And Albert just kind of gives him a look, gets in the carriage, and off he goes. Because, yes. <laughs> he <laughs> wanted to propose. Like, well, no, actually, no, like, Albert doesn't even get into the carriage. Albert just kind of stares at him, and then Ernest laughs and shoves him into the carriage. And Albert has wanted to propose since that chess game. Yeah, all oh, those pretty years much. Ago. Like, <laughs> and he, so. Probably since that talk in the garden. Like, yeah. Like, that's it. Like, like Albert is in. Oh, yeah. Ever, ever since the moment where he just blurted out that he, like, schubert um he's wanted to propose but we see them you know in in the gardens and like she's drawing him um and they're they're having a laugh Mm -hmm. over over things and then uh, you know they get to talking a little bit later and you know and he tells her like he tells her that he he feels like he says that you know it's it is a sovereign's duty to champion the dispossessed and those who are in need of protection and and like uses housing as an example because now that we're coming into sort of like the industrial revolution like mm-hmm. we're starting to get an explosion of industry and like you know the the industry like industries are expanding so rapidly but as he points out like nobody has considered like where the people working in these industries are going to live and then he starts kind of like making out like sketches of it's like you know like i've had this idea and start blah 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 and then and he's like he's like and you know like it can be very very effective and then he stops himself and he's like fuck i have said too much i have rambled i apologize and then she's like no like i you're very passionate. Like, don't apologize it's for being nice passionate. It's nice to see someone else who and, feels the way she does. Yeah, and then, you know, she talks and, like, she tells him, she basically says, like, that's not ever something that I even considered. And she admits, she's like, I've got so much more to learn than I ever thought. Um, And she says, you know, it's like, that she has so much to learn, but that, you know, she takes her duties very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, um... And then we see, you know, the Melbourne talking with Conroy and and the Duchess, and he's telling the Duchess, you know, you're you will be allowed to move to Buckingham Palace, but you are going to be in like your own apartments, and like you're not you're not going to be, you know, in like within the Queen's household. Like you will be in your own separate apartments. And so Conroy and, like, the Duchess kind of, like, start getting up in arms over the way that they are being treated. And Melbourne just immediately shuts them down. And he tells him, he's like, you played the game and you lost. I love his, like, there seems to be a misunderstanding here. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not here to argue with you or or bargain with you. Oh, yeah. It's done. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, exactly. you lose. Good day, sir. (laughs) And, And so, um... The, we get, um, you know, the, like, the Baron, like, is talking to Leopold, and he is, you know, reporting how that, you know, Victoria is under Melbourne's control, and that Albert is super frustrated by it. 
And so Leopold writes and he's insisting, you know, Al- for Albert to stay in England um, longer and like for him to, um, to extend know, his visit. Yeah. He's like, he says specifically for Albert to remain in England until Victoria thinks more of Albert than Melbourne. Um, and then we see, you know, Victoria, she's visiting the Abbey prior to her coronation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are some of the laborers who want to, take a glance at her and she's like yes that's perfectly fine you know she says that she wants to help the poor and the helpless and melbourne is like you know like and i find it's best just to let things proceed naturally and and she and so she she's like well you know Albert has made, you know, a study of the working man's conditions and like, and he has ideas for all the for reforms and all this. And so it's like, uh-huh, yep. Interesting. Moving on. Hey, you see look, the, you see yeah. the, I'll bet he does. Oh like, yeah. It's hmm. just, it's like, and <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a very like, see that sky today? Talk about blue kind of just, nope. Like mm-hmm. we're veering in a different direction. And so that night, Victoria, like she has a dream of she's play like she's playing chess with Albert and, you know, and he like, she's, he's telling her once again, is like, then you have to learn to play the game until you play it better than they do. And, and so she's playing chess with Albert and she, she starts to move her piece. And from across the room, Melbourne speaks up and he says, is that really the move that you want to make? And she, it's kind of going back and forth. And like, now there are all of like these people, these other people in the dream. And then she turns to look back at Albert and Albert's not there. And it's Conroy. And he grabs, he angrily like grabs her arm and and she like she wakes up Mm -hmm. and um and then we have we see the duchess informing conroy that he's (laughs) that he's not allowed at the coronation or the ball after Uh uh-huh um and he yep he's not a happy boy no no um, and then we see Victoria like glancing over at Albert during the coronation ceremony. He gives her an encouraging grin. Yep. And um, um, and I love that you know she's giving her dog Dash. She's giving her dog a bath <laughs> like sometime after the coronation. Like she's giving her dog a bath, and Melbourne is just like I. Uh, he's just kind of stunned, and she's like, I can't neglect my duties, <laughs> and he's okay <laughs> i bet he appreciates it yeah and so and then you know, he tells her you know like I, you should like get some rest before the ball this evening and and she's like oh no 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 i i definitely will because i intend to dance until dawn um and we see she you know opens the ball by her and albert having a waltz um and then after they dance um albert tells victoria that he's like oh yeah blah 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 like you know like i he'll be head basically be heading home on friday um and then um it's i like we don't again like timey-wimey we don't know when it's just a morning after that um that victoria tells melbourne that she got a letter from leopold who suggested extending albert's stay but Melbourne is like, ah, no, like you, you should tell your uncle that I'm like, you're, you've been, you've You're been busy. crowned. <clears throat> yeah. 
that you have, you know, that, that you're busy and you need to focus on your duties and just basically like Albert's a distraction. Well, and, and in his mind, Albert is ca- going to cause mm-hmm. problems, which yeah. Albert's going to cause problems. Yeah. But- and so, yeah. So we see, you know, the visit is not extended and Victoria, she bids, you know, Albert farewell. But you see, like, there's hesitation. And he asks on, her. On both their parts. Yeah. yeah. And, and as he starts to leave, he just, he says, he's like that he wants to be useful to her. And and you know like and he says he's like I I want to be useful to you if the op- if there's an opportunity for it. And she says she's like and I know like she's like I know but not just yet. Like in other words, yes. I'm we're we're mm-hmm. it. I know we're it, but I ain't ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me fly. <laughs> yep. Let me be free. Mhm. So, Albert Yeah. Albert leaves. Yep. Um, and I, like we get kind of like a montage of um, of him, you know, reading like Victoria, like Victoria's letters and just imagining like running in and sweeping Victoria into his arms. Like we see her like perfuming some of her letters. Yep. Um, we see him like as soon as soon as the footman arrives with letters, Albert literally, like, basically, like, stumbles and, like, slides onto the stairway landing. Like, it, he's in such a hurry to yeah. get down to the footman and quickly grabs the letter from Victoria and just fucking runs out the door. Like, he he's Marianne in Sense and Sensibility yeah. <laughs> looking for letters from Willoughby. That's exactly what he is. And so, um... Except for there's actually letters here. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, and so he, it, it's just this kind of montage of like, you know, letters. Um, and, uh, but then there's a, uh, a there, party. there, yeah, there's a dinner being held and the Duke of Wellington is, is like speaking with Victoria at the dinner and somebody asks about, um, or she, something about Melbourne and she's like, oh, well, you know, like I, he has to go home sometime, you know, he's he, abandoned me this evening. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he has other things to do, blah, blah, blah. And, and however it is that Wellington replies, he just kind of, you're really going to miss him. Yeah. He's, he says it in kind of an offhand way that, you know, Melbourne is going to be out of office soon. Yeah. And she is wrecked. Like she goes privately and just cries until, um, yeah. Her her governess Letson Letson finds her and just pulls her into her arms to hold her. Yeah, and her mother sees this happen because her mother can't go. Yeah, and offer that affection because they yep. don't have that relationship anymore. Um, or ever. <laughs> yeah, and and so then we see you know Robert Peel, the the new prime minister. Um, he wants to replace to, her. He wants to like fully, as I said, you know, change it up. He wants to get rid of all of the liberal party ladies in her household and replace them all with Tories. Um, Because otherwise, you know, he says that it's going to seem like the palace and parliament are in disagreement. And she's just like, no, bitch. You don't get to choose my household. Yeah. And sends him away. And so uh, we see the guards refusing entry to the duchess like not letting her into a room like where she knows victoria is um we see in parliament we see peel is just apoplectic and raging about you know victoria only having ladies who quote adhere to the views of my political opponent and he's threatening to like take his toys and go home 
Yeah. Like, he's threatening to resign. And and so then we see, like, newsboys, like, you know, yeah. selling selling papers are crying out the headlines declaring this constitutional crisis. People are screaming outside the palace and the yep. guards are and then, stand. Yeah, and Peel, like, in Parliament is just, like, shouting at Melbourne and, like, like shaming him for abusing his powers and all of this. And, um, and during the midst of all this, like, Adelaide, the Queen Dowager, she takes Victoria aside and, like, and she tells her, like, you know, my dear, you rule by the right of Parliament, like, mm-hmm. and you have to work with the voters' choice. And she says, you know, Melbourne has used her to, like, punish his enemies and to work toward his own interests. And, um, and back in uh over in germany he, you know they've heard all of these reports and these news and ernest says that victoria is a fool um for for bringing down her government over quote a handful of ladies and albert immediately is like no she is not a fool she's listened to a fool um and mm-hmm. so there you know there is there's kind of like a like a salon like like a salon like happening like Mm -hmm. like victoria and a bunch of people are sitting around listening to music uh being performed and conroy is trying to get into the room and they won't like no one will have it um and while all this is going on everybody is kind of tensely listening to this music being played there's like an angry mob yelling outside the the Mm -hmm. gates of buckingham palace um and so Finally, like Conroy gets into the room and Victoria sees him and is displeased, but like turns her attention back to, to what's happening. And Sutherland gets up and goes to Conroy and Conroy whispers to her. And then Sutherland comes back and tells Victoria that Conroy says that they just found an armed man on the grounds wishing to do harm to Victoria. And about that moment, like, like a rock, something heavy comes careening through the window. A an Olympic level throw by whoever did it, but good for you for yeah. that. But but yeah, so so riotings at the palace, like they are. Mm-hmm. It, this is causing all kinds of problems. Yeah, Albert writes and tells Victoria not to lose faith in herself mm-hmm. or her people, and tells her to examine her choices, and that he and he tells her like he believes that she'll make the right one. And Melbourne does get back into power. Like we mm-hmm. said, Robert Peel, like Keo was talking about in the history part, Robert Peel does resign. So Melbourne gets bra- like back said, into power. He ta- Peel takes his toys and goes home. And, and like, we see her before that, even we see her um, at the, the opera with Melbourne and a bunch of other people. And someone yells, Mrs. Melbourne in the middle of the opera. Mm-hmm. And she goes, who was that? And he's after who he says, and he goes, I bet her career at court is over. <laughs> yep. Like, like, woof. And, but then we see them like after he's back in power, they're in um, an open carriage riding mm-hmm. through the park. And he's like, you know, the people are, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. Don't Everything worry about will it. blow over. It'll blah, blow blah, over blah. as soon as something happens. And she's like, I would like to know the report on the people. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a list. She goes, I actually, by, by this next, in, by the end of the by month, the end of the month yeah. I want to report on the living conditions. What's going on? Like, she's starting to actually go, no, no, no. Like, I understand. And you're my friend, but we need to actually work now. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I'm going to yep. work. And the button is like, oh yeah, and by the way, I've invited the Prince of like I've invited Prince Albert to visit. Yeah. Um and as he's as he's getting ready to leave uh as he's getting ready to leave Germany, um, Ernest tells Albert, like, when he goes, 
like when he gets to England to not be Leopold's spy. He's like, just like live your life for you and Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when Albert arrives, you know, Victoria tells him, you know, like she, she wants him to feel at home and, you know, says that, you know, like his presence there, it makes her happier than anything. And then like, they're, you know, they're seated together kind of in this mm-hmm. parlor and, and, you know, says, you know, his presence there makes her happier than anything. And she says too happy, even like, if you would agree to what I wish to stay with you, to stay with me and marry you and marry me. And they are just like such happy, like happy like mm-hmm. little bunnies and i just i love it so much and we see them so, get maui and like well and like they jump up and like and just yeah they they kiss well okay nice. well because like it's something you and i have talked about before about like people giving like good hugs and like seeing it and like in this moment like after you know she says like after she kind of like proposes to him they jump up and like and he he holds her and like they embrace each other fiercely mm-hmm. but tenderly and it is so, like it's just one of those moments where it's just like oh, oh my heart but then yeah then like they kiss um and and then like we see them wed and that's a whole other thing that i did not get into about how queen victoria's wedding like changed the fucking wedding industry mm-hmm. forever it did it's true Queen Victoria is the reason that people wear white on their wedding day. It is true. That is absolutely accurate. Yes. And like so many things. And like, I just, I like, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> it's a whole separate podcast. But yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so we see them wed and then, um, honey yeah. Honeymoon. I like, I love the, <laughs> like when that next morning, uh, like he's he's putting her her sock on for her. Or, or... Well, it's that's a little bit later. Cause, Cause, yeah, yeah. But yeah. But they they um, have like romantic. Yeah. Well, they like you know yeah. The, it's like the you know they're the day after their wedding day. You know they're they're laying in bed and she's just kind of she's got a hand on his chest and is watching him sleep and they love. He just kind of like very lazily wakes up and then you know, smiles up at her and and then she lays back down and like spoons in next to him and just whispers like now i am quite married um and he and i love this moment because like he's just kind of very gently like he picks her hand up off of his chest and just kind of starts playing with it and he and he says he says you know when we're when we are old and surrounded by our children we'll remember this as the day our lives began because not too surrounded please and not too soon and he's like oh I, I should warn you i'm expecting a very large family and giggling yeah and like and, and their love her back on top of him yeah and then you know and, and then he he just very gently kind of whispers you know good morning wife yeah and and it's just adorable and, and i the hallway where there is a maid there's a maid and the maid ready to kind of come in we yeah well we we've met this maid before the name's yeah. maid the maid's name is watson and she is played by morvan christie whom i fucking love and adore but um, she hears the giggling and she hears the giggling so she just kind of turns to walk away and uh letson, letson comes up and says it's like aren't you going to wake, wake the, the queen, queen? not nope. this morning and she goes nope he's like don't you think you should not, not today it. and she walks away <laughs> and and, yeah, and then it cuts to, to like he's putting like, like her he's her, pu- he's putting her stocking, stocking on, on 
and, and they're talking and, and he's like we should go away to scotland and she's like i don't have uh, someday yes but i don't i have three days yeah and he pulls the stocking back off because we've only got three days yeah <laughs> and so they have we see their we see a montage of like them yeah. honeymooning for those three yeah days, they like they're riding and and then i love they just kind of like dance together in the rain and it's Dancing adorable rain, yeah. um and then like they go back into their rooms and just absolutely soaked and you know he's kind of like taken off like his jacket and, and everything and she just she comes up from behind him and just wraps her arms around him just so tightly and they're standing there and like just holding each other in this moment and and then you know they start you know he turns around and they hold each other for a bit longer and then they start kind of peeling away each other's rain-soaked clothes and um and um and she says we'll always take care of each other won't we and he tells her always um and then we see conroy and the duchess and he's commenting on how the people are fickle and that you know because you know hating victoria but now loving her just because like she's a bride but they're gonna be ready to pounce on her next mistake um and um and then we see i love just li- like little bits of stuff like we see you know albert coming in and like running and just jumping into bed with victoria meanwhile like leopold is like demanding to know like like albert like why have you not replied to my last two letters and then albert since basically the same letter that that his wife said earlier in the movie <laughs> saying, I prefer, I will love discussing family, family matters, but I will not be discussing political, political matters. Yeah. Political matters. And, but then like we see, you know, Victoria, like she's, she's working and you know, she's at her desk and she has Sutherland and lets in like they're, you know, in, in the chambers with her, but like Albert's just there. And, and, um, and Victoria asks, you know, something she's like, Oh, well, you know, kind of like, you know, is Lord Melbourne still around? Or like, oh, no, like, he went home. She's like, oh, well, like, I had a question for him. Like, but I guess it can wait until tomorrow. And Albert is like, what? What is it? Like, can I help? Help? May I help? Like, yeah, can can I help? And she's just like, I don't know. It'll keep. Yeah, it'll keep. And, and, and like, okay. so, the, yeah, and he gets up and he goes to the window and he's like, why are these windows so fucking filthy? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, um, you know, like. It's the whole thing from earlier. Like, they still can't agree on whose job what is. I love... The thing that I... Like, the thing that I love... We only ever hear about this household staff, like, twice. But it's basically like they're the fucking sharks and the jets. Yeah. They, like, two households both alike... Hatfield and McCoy is what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. Hatfield... Like, it's just, you know, two households both alike in Fair Verona. Like, just, you know, like, the Capulets and the Montagues. Like, these fuckers cannot get along. And she's basically like, oh, yeah, that's because this half and this half... Like, they can't agree on like washing the inside and outside on the same day <laughs> and so he and you know it's like and talking about like the fire not being lit and so and he's like well this is and he's like let's it, change it yeah he's like why can't they get their shit together like because otherwise we are living in a dirty freezing house and and lets and says he's like because you know that's like the it's way tradition. that things are yeah she's like that's that's the way that things are always done here 
we're guests of the queen. Like we don't like there's nothing we can do to change that. And then he's like, thank you for reminding me that I am a guest here. And he walks out of the room. And I, I mean, she was out of line. Yeah. Like that was, if that was a conversation. Oh happened, yeah. That is happened between the, the wife and husband, not with you involved. Oh yeah. But she's the governess and it's time to let go of mama's per- mama's apron strings. Like yeah. it's time. Um, and so this is when, you know, the dowager Adelaide, like, she, tell, she tells Victoria, she's like, no, like, he wants to do it. Like, fuck it. Like, let him, let it's, it's him, like they let him reorganize the palace. Compared to the crown again. They talk about that with Philip. Like, a man, a person, really, needs something <laughs> to do. Give me an occupation, Miss Dashwood, or I shall run mad. Yeah, like, like, he needs yeah. something to do. He can't just sit there yeah. all day. He needs and, an occupation. Yeah. And, and if he wants to make the house run better, let him let the house run better. Mm-hmm. Like, for crying out loud, they need it, as yeah. we find out later. <laughs> And so, like, you know, Albert or, you know, um, uh, Adelaide, you know, tells tells Victoria, like, let Albert run the, you know, reorganize the palace. She says, a man who has no work becomes ridiculous. And a poor man with a rich wife must work twice as hard as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Victoria, she's like, but like, well, no, like, why? Why should he take on like my duties? She's like, you know, like she's talking about, you know, like how, you know, he, he was her choice. And yes, he he was the choice that she wanted she says but you know like I, I can't just like give him you know i can't just give him this stuff because like you know one like just the the notion of like her being a woman and now giving mm-hmm. like her duties to her husband who isn't to the king and she's like you know like like william had his choice but like you didn't take half of his duties and adelaide just immediately like snaps and goes don't do that you don't know what i did she doesn't. She doesn't. And I and so, we, like, Albert, he does. He takes over running the household. Because I assume that the meal for King William's... No, King George's. King George's, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, a man, was who, like, a man who has been dead for 20 years. They still set out a dinner for his guard every night. Yeah. Because it's tradition. And he's like, like I'm guaranteeing you that And, left. yeah, and, and having... And, and I love this moment, like, he's at a desk, and there are just books and books and books and ledgers and just everything like mm-hmm. his desk is piled high with stuff and he is in a room with conroy and the duchess and, and the Con- duchess looks kind of like not upset but like yeah like what's co- confused yeah confused else. and and the and conroy is basically just like like you upstart little shit like i How dare you yeah sir. like i manage the how like i manage the duchess's finance blah 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 blah. and albert is like yeah i know and now i'm just trying to figure out where the fuck did that money go bro <laughs> like where'd the money go <laughs> yeah and conroy's like yeah harumph harumph and this is why we're friends yeah um, and- but so but then we get it's oh, it's such a wonderful little moment mm-hmm. it just cuts from like that to we're getting basically just snippets of yeah the daily we are life at this point yeah, yeah we are and so like victoria and like albert they're standing on opposite sides of their bedroom and he just says are you sure and she says yes and she's pregnant and, and he, so like, he falls on his knees and he like, hurt oh. he rushes he crosses the distance between them so quickly and immediately drops to his knees and he kisses her abdomen mm-hmm. and then he pulls her in and holds her so tight and it is it just oh god i love it it is so and then, tender and soft and beautiful mm-hmm. and, and we then, see them telling the family and melbourne mm-hmm. and and everyone's congratulating yeah. them 
and mother starts to leave she so gets, albert yeah kind of follows her and he's like you don't you don't have to go she's like it makes my daughter happier when i'm not here yeah and she walks out of the room so albert we already see what you're talking about yeah. like albert's beginning to play that that card like he, he already pointed out to her what sir john's been doing that's wrong yes. and and then, but then melbourne kind of like takes him aside and says there's your there's your in if you don't mind me saying he's like no 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 asshole we not friends yeah we never be friends get the fuck out of my house yeah <laughs> like i'm never going yep. to like you i don't care that my wife cares about you i don't uh-huh. care about anything we this mm-hmm. not going to happen do not speak to me yeah. as if i am your friend i am the husband of your sovereign and that is it sir uh-huh. bye <laughs> good day sir and and so then we see like melbourne is actually a little impressed at that moment. yeah a little bit um, and so we see Conroy leave, like Conroy's Mama like, fires him. Yep. Conroy Hit the road, Jack. is dismissed, um, from, from the palace. And then we see there's, you know, like some like party, like some event, like thing that's happening. And, you know, while Victoria, you know, she's kind of like making a circuit of the room. Albert has kind of been off in a corner and he's been talking with the Duke of Wellington and Robert Peel. And he says, you know, it's like, I'm afraid that I've, I've been boring them, you know, with, with my ideas for encouraging the arts. She and Melbourne haven't gone for their walk in the. Nope. Not yet. Sorry. I didn't actually write that part down. Yep. Nope. Um, and so, you know, Albert, like they're talking about, you know, like you said, he's been boring uh, Duke of Wellington and, and Robert Peel about his ideas for encouraging the arts. And Peel just very excitedly says that, you know, like, oh, like my, you know, my government would support that, you know, and, would and, and she's the, the and she's like, your government. And he's like, I, I mean, it, you know, if I would if give I it, be if, lucky enough, if I should be lucky enough to run the government again and um. And so then, you know, and then Albert's like, oh, you know, and, and we wouldn't have to worry there. We wouldn't have a scandal like, like last time because, you know, he's talked to some of Victoria's ladies and they've, you know, a couple of them agreed yeah, to lead. A couple of them and, have agreed to resign. And that's, you know, and again, he points it at Robert Peel and he's like, and he's asked for nothing more. And we see in this moment, Victoria is not amused. The husband's been playing around behind her back and yep. not, not in the which, cheating on her which, way. Yeah. Which by the way, the phrase, we are not amused. It, it was never actually her. Like it just got attributed to her somehow. And she was like, at some point in her life, she's like, what the fuck? No, I never said that. Doctor who. Sorry. That is one of my favorite Rose Tyler episodes. Oh, I know. Something. But, but 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 we see, we, they, she, she's pissed. Yep. I see both sides of this situation. Uh huh. I, I I actively see both sides yeah. of the situation. Like he was trying to solve a. This is and this is a thing that happens in a lot of marriages. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to complain about a problem, and the man wants to solve it. In my case, and and I, there has to be it's, a. It's it's not just the man because yeah, I'm saying it's well, ca- yeah. in my case yeah. But 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 yeah, they sometimes yeah sometimes you just want to complain and sometimes you you like you and, want solutions and in this case she also is the monarch and she is trying yep. to assert her authority and her husband I, coming in and taking this, over is not going to this work for her whole scene I love so goddamn much because like Rupert Friend and yeah. Emily Blunt are impeccable in this scene. He's not coming at it from a place of trying to steal her power. Yeah, he is it's, genuinely trying to protect her. Well, yeah, because we get into the scene, it's like they basically like she storms into their room and he follows after her. And as soon as the door is closed, she whirls on him and says, "How dare you speak to me that way before them? How dare you talk across me as if I were a child?" 
I did no such thing. Oh, no, you sorted this and you sorted that. You and Sir Robert, you and the Duke, and all without reference to me. I thought you'd be pleased. I will tell you what you thought. You thought that I was a woman to be petted and passed over and ignored. Would it were so simple? Then we might avoid more scandals of your making. Have you lost your mind? Do you wonder at it? Less than three years on the throne, and you and your precious Melbourne have pushed this monarchy to the brink of an abyss. I have told you before, and I will tell you again. You are my husband here, and that is all. And that is quite well enough, believe me. I will not have my role usurped. I wear the crown. And if there are mistakes, they will be my mistakes, and no one else will make them. No one, not even you. And she just, uh, just, she is yelling, like, she is just letting everything fly. And then this is also one of those, like, I think the thing that I love the most about this scene is it's that thing of, like, when you are just absolutely outraged and you are, like, you are, like, spoiling for a fight and the other person is not rising to it. And so the fact that she is just, she is ready to throw hands with him and he is remaining as, like, calm as he can. Mm-hmm. And she, oh, my God. It's, I don't know why, but, like, I love it so much because it, because this is, you know, she is telling him, like, like, if there are mistakes, they will be my mistakes and no one will make them, not even you. And there's just a beat and he just very calmly says, he's like, I'm leaving before you excite yourself and harm the child and walk starts walking out of the room and she starts yelling at him like you will go when i dismiss you i am your queen and i am telling you to stay good night victoria and she and he leaves the room and she basically like follows him down the hallway yelling you may not go you may i am ordering you to stay in this room albert like just yelling after apparently kept going (laughs) yeah and then it cuts to the next morning and she is getting in her carriage and it's fair she's very icy it's very cold right now and he comes along and he joins her in the carriage and she's like you didn't have to come he's like i said i would come with you so i'll come with you and she's like god damn it son of like she is so pissed and so now like they are sitting next to each other in this carriage with their whole retinue and like everybody and people are standing on the streets yeah people waving. are standing on the streets and like waving and everything and she is just like as pit like just as sour of an expression as you can have and he's just like for pity's sake smile woman it's like anybody would think we had quarreled and and I love there's a brief moment I had paused it so I could take so I could like make a couple of notes and the expression on her face when I paused it, I would not have noticed it if I hadn't hit pause. <laughs> she rolls her eyes so hard they almost snap out of her head. Like in this moment when he tells her to smile, which I mean, fair. If you are a woman like, and a man has told you to smile, it is the appropriate yeah. reaction short of beating them to death with a baseball bat. In his instance, he's not doing it <laughs> out of that. Out of the reason it's typically done, he's being but like, then, your people yeah. are going to get nervous, lady. But yeah, and he, so he tells her to smile, and she just kind of threw, like, kind of, like, inches away from him a little bit, and it's just like, don't talk to me. 
<laughs> and then about that time, we see he spots the gun. He he spots the gun, and Albert throws himself in front of her. Yes, and, and we see like he all bleeding on the back. There is a shot that I love. It's because you know we see the man is like it's Edward Oxford. We're never told anything about him in the moment, but the um, but he fires at the gun. He's immediately like people are wrestling him to the ground. He fires once, and that's when Albert sees it. And then for the second shot, he throws himself in front of Victoria, and mm-hmm. he's wounded. But the fir- when the first shot goes off. It immediately cuts to the Duchess in her apartment, and you see oh, yeah. you see her freeze, and then all of the hairs on her arms stand up. Mm-hmm. It's just like mother's intuition, like oh my god, like what's happening, and and so then we see Albert being kind of half carried, half dragged into the palace, and, and is- his his shirt sleeve is drenched in blood, mm-hmm. and it's kind of all happening in slow motion, and she's visibly she's upset. upset, yeah. Um, and then we see, we see him wake later and like he wakes up and Victoria is standing kind of at the foot of the bed and, um, and there's a doctor there and the doctor says, you know, there's nothing else that I can do. Like the prince just needs to rest. And as soon as the doctor is out of the room, she runs to Albert's side and just immediately like her tears are falling on his face as she is kissing him and and she tells him she says like and just through tears is saying i thought i was going to lose you and then he's like i i don't think he was a very good shot and she's like why did you do it you're so stupid why did you do it and he says i had two very good reasons first i am replaceable and you are not and she's just crying even harder. And she's like, you are not replaceable to me. And he says, second, you're the only wife I've got or will ever have. You are my whole existence and I will love you until my last breath. <sighs> I know. So it's good. it's so good. Um, and so then this is where we have she and Melbourne yeah. uh, are walking in the garden. And, and he admits, you know, he tells her, he's like, he's like, yeah, I know. Like I fucked some things up. He's like, my guidance has not been faultless. And he's, he apologizes for it. And then, you know, and he tells her that Albert is a good man. That mm-hmm. and You Albert, picked a good one, kid. Yeah. And he's like, Albert is a, not just that Albert is a good man, that Albert is better than anyone knew. And, and he says that, you know, that Albert is, he's able and he's clever and that most of all, he is faithful to Victoria and he recommends, he's like, let him share your work. Um, and it's then, very much like, cause th- this is where I get like more the mentor, father, yeah. daughter. It's very much that moment of, of like a dad telling their child, like, okay, yeah, they're better than I even thought they were. You yeah. picked a good one. Yeah. And now let now let him yeah. help you. And then and then he suggests he's like I th- but I you know like I make I make a suggestion that I think in order for the prince to feel fully welcome, I think like I think there's one other thing yeah, you need to yeah, do. Yeah, there's one other thing you need to do. And it's dismissing Letson. And uh and so uh, and I love, like, there's this moment of, you know, Victoria is, like, standing at the window watching the Duchess get into a carriage and leave. The Letson watching her leave. And, um, and, 
and you know albert kind of comes up behind her and like wraps his arms around her and you know she is saying you know she says like i just you know it's kind of like hard to watch her go because like i she's like i needed her so much as a child um and uh and then at that moment some servants come in carrying albert's desk and they put it next to Victoria's and he's like, well, what, what's this? And, and she's like, you know, oh, you know, I thought, I thought it'd be nice to have it brought in. And he's like, well, don't I have a say in this? No. <laughs> and then we cut to, it's obviously sometime later and Albert is handing their daughter to Victoria and, and the Duchess is kind of there in the doorway and he just kind of, walks out of the room and like kind of making a gesture like for her to like come ushers in. Her in yeah, yeah ushers her in um and that's that's where that's basically where the film ends we get some some end mm-hmm. like title cards and it says victoria and albert had nine children among their descendants are the royal families of britain spain sweden norway yugoslavia russia greece romania and germany prince albert died of typhoid at the age of 42 in memory of her husband, Victoria had his clothes laid out every day until her death at the age of 81. Among their accomplishments, Victoria and Albert championed reforms in education, welfare, and industry. Their unflagging support of the arts and sciences was, was most famously celebrated in Prince Albert's Great Exhibition of 1851. Victoria remains the longest reigning British sovereign to date yeah and as we said this movie was made in 2009 um, and now elizabeth ii is the longest yes reigning. and at, but, yeah, as as i've mentioned like yeah queen elizabeth ii like passed past that the in ladies in that family just have like extended lifespan like 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 because you had what was it queen mary too like or was it was it mary i'm trying to remember names um king uh, george's mother yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she I th- lived to be fairly old. I think it was Mary. She I don't lived. Remember. To be, yeah, she, yeah, it was. She yeah. lived to be fairly old. <laughs> and then, even even though it's not the same exactly, but um, the Queen Mother. Oh my God, lived forever. Yeah, like, it's just like that. The Queen, bloodline, oh my, man. Like <laughs> the Queen, the, Queen Elizabeth's and mother. One in Victorian times, man, that's insane. <laughs> like, yeah. The thing, like, I, and, like, obviously. I forgot, I forgot how long she was without. Well, cause, yeah, because she was, Victoria was three months older than Albert. So yeah. They and were, so. They were basically, the, they were And the she same died age. at 81, so about 40 years. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a long time. She was only with him 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's such a, such a long time to stay More, yeah. faithful to, without, I mean, not that she was, because we had the whole other yeah. stuff going on. But she had his clothes laid out she was obviously it's, very dedicated to him even after yeah it's it's one of those like really bitter sweet things of mm-hmm. like thinking about you know the fact that that he was out of her life longer than he was in it mm-hmm. that spark of love mm-hmm. that sticks with you that long that faithfulness is is an interesting mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't know what I would. I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> like, I, I love my husband a lot, and and I would miss him greatly. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I also know him, and he'd be like, "Do whatever makes you happy. I don't care." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but the, but yeah, the, the, I, that love is just such a like legendary thing. Yeah. I. I mean, like you said, there's complications with other things that happened when she was older, but yes. But at the same time, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he'd been gone a long time. <laughs> he had. 
Um, yeah, I, I recommend like looking into the whole thing, like with, with John Brown, because yeah. that was, um, um, yeah. Cause when I mentioned, you know, like the mementos of like things that, that she was buried with one of the things, like two, two of the other things that she was buried with was a lock of John Brown's hair and his mother's wedding ring, which was like carefully hidden from her family. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So, but, I, but yeah, it's just, I, I like I like the notion of, you know, like, yeah, the, the it's great, romantic. It's I love the, yeah, the idea of like the great love story of, of Victoria yeah. and Albert. And, yeah. and yeah, the fact that she is basically earned her the sobriquet of, you know, the, that she is the grandmother of Europe. <laughs> yeah. I told Josh that. I was like, they had at least, I couldn't remember how many at the time yep. until the end of the day. I was like, nine. they had at least nine kids. I said, in like, like both Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth were descended from her, and he went, "Ew!" And I was like, "No, no, no! It's like way far distant." But yeah, like, well, like not, it's a, not no, way well, far, not, but it's a not distant. only that. I mean, fucking like Tsar Nicholas, yeah, and like it's like the every, Romanov family, every they, royal yeah. family, pretty much in Europe, yeah, could trace would would come back for, to Victoria, yeah, like the, yeah, the the fucking like because and then because that was like a huge thing of like speculation of because. Um, the, the, the notion of, um, like the, the fact that, uh, Prince Alexei was hemophiliac, Mm -hmm. um, and that it's, it's passed down matrilineally and that the fact that like, so because he was a descendant of Queen Victoria, that like, that it brought, that it more than likely it had to be passed down from her, but because there were no other instances of it, like, in like in her ancestors that like for a long time people were speculating i'm like uh what's her dad not her dad um and so but no it, it basically like now they're like oh yeah no it can just kind of like crop happen, up but, like yeah. yeah it can kind of happen like recessive no, was, and dominant genes are things yeah it, but yeah <laughs> it's like i was just something i was reading on because like i remember hearing that like years ago yeah. like when i was a, a teenager they're all werewolves anyway dr who taught me that <laughs> which speaking of that okay i because i texted you this because I, knowing that we were going to record this episode, I got to thinking about, you know, cultural depictions of Queen Victoria that, like, I had seen. And yet, you know, thinking of, like, Doctor Who. But I was like, I, I mean, other than, like, that and the movie From Hell, I'm like, I don't really know of a lot of... <laughs> Of a lot of, like, depictions of Queen Victoria that I've really seen. And then suddenly it popped into my head. I was like, no, it happened twice in Monty Python. Once in the very first series and once in the very last series. And the first time, it was Terry Jones. dressed. It was Terry Jones dressed as Queen Victoria. And the whole bit was, it was, like, newly discovered, like, silent film that had been um, from, like, the 1880s or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's showing her as, like, it's showing Queen Victoria as, like, this prankster. And it's, like, she's always, like, do- she's doing shit to her prime minister, who was Gladstone at that time. And, like, um, pot, like hit him in the face with a cake. Um like turning a water hose on him like and it, and i don't know why but the thing that made me laugh the hardest is that she does like she as i said you know yeah, being yeah. played by terry jones at some point like does something to him like i think he bends over to look at something and like she just straight up like kicks him in the ass and then picks up her skirts like fully like shows the petticoats like lifts the skirt up to the waist and then fucking like hightails it across the lawn and i don't know why but the the image of that was fucking funnier to me than anything and then in the last season 
it's like there's a foot race that's happening and it's like Michael Palin and they're all dressed like it's a foot race of like people dressed as Queen Victoria and it's just it's fuck it's Monty Python and I fucking love it um, um I think one of the other depictions I've seen ever it's a very simple one but in the little prince the little princess yes 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 because um, yes. she shows up in that toward the end by uh Frances Hodges Burnett yeah yeah and uh, the one I saw was the Shirley Temple one. I know there's another one, but I haven't seen it. In yeah, years, the in years. the one that yeah, the one that um, I love. But the, yeah. the Shirley Temple one is the one I remember seeing her in when I was a very small girl. Yeah, because um, my grandma grew up on those movies, <laughs> so that was a that was the, a, yeah. a thing we saw a lot. And then she actually is in the Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yep, game. yep, yep, yep. I <laughs> which, believe it. Which, I, I mean, that has yeah. like that has Darwin. It has like yes. a ton of historical figures. And but uh, it, so, uh, what do you rate this movie? Oh fuck! I'm gonna give it. Mm. fuck i'm torn part of me wants to give it a four and a half because i do love it and i think it is exquisitely made and it is i think an instance of julian fellows like really hitting it out of the park i to be perfectly honest i think this might be some of his best work yeah i agreed but i'm like i i mean is it that good or am i just is emily blunt just that amazing and Rupert friend yeah i was like are, are they, they just, just that are they just that amazing and I, fuck, I don't know. I will say a hard four for me. Yeah, like, four four and a half is up there. Like it's it is up there. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, I, you actually showed me this. This is only like the second or third time I've seen this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I, I, I mean, and in long, terms though. of like it, they other than the like the melodrama of Albert getting shot, which it's, I actually I, appreciate being there the night after the fight and yes it gives them it gives yes it, it like gives in, perspective in terms of like theatricality and like telling a story of a movie like telling yeah. telling a, a if film this were story like the crown victoria years yes then no i it's, wouldn't want the but, shot but <laughs> right because we have a whole episode we have episodes to explore yes exactly her, her perspective and and her feeling yes. that way but yes given that we had you know, like a two hour and something. Hour and 45 minutes. Oh, really? I thought it was like, I thought it was over two hour, hours. My thing said an hour 45, but it could be huh. wrong. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't remember how long it was. I was, yeah, I was so tired last night when I finished watching it. But the, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would, like I said, I, I, in terms of like historical accuracy, like I, I appreciate, mm-hmm. um, like as an adaptation, I'm like it, I think it works pretty well. Like I said, they, they fudge, kind of like the timeline of a lot of things and like and but if we're only covering like this very short time of her like yeah. six decade reign yeah i think it's like in terms in terms of of cultural depictions that we have seen of like various like queens over the years i mean yeah this this ranks highly up there yeah um i mean then like you and i sat through several seasons of rain so <laughs> But That's completely historically accurate. They definitely wore those type of clothes. They absolutely had zippers on their dresses. And and she and the <laughs> and and Queen Mary and the princess ba- the princess bastard brother just about got oh, together. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. king definitely he- fucked a girl out the window. <laughs> The, I remember, like, literally, like, cheering over the fact that Charles actually died of, like, a lance in the eye. Yeah. It's like, yes, finally, one historically accurate thing. Yep. But I'm, yeah, no, I, I think, like you said, like, I will, part of, like, right now at this viewing, my heart wants to give it a four and a half. Then do it. But we and all, I think we say other, these are subject to change all the time. Oh, they absolutely are. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it a solid four. As I as I said, it is yep. definitely Julian Fellow's best. And this this happened. This movie came out the year before Downton Abbey. Yeah. So it was like there was a part of me like watching it like when it and I remembered that you know that they they fictionalized the assassination attempt so that Albert got shot yeah and it was like yes I appreciate like it's for a movie it didn't actually happen and yeah. like but let's have like some drama and resolution blah 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 but rewatching it last night and I've this is the first time I've watched it since I have seen any Downton Abbey there was a moment in the back of my head as I was taking notes of like yep I see I see the tendencies that he leans into heavily <laughs> in Downton Abbey. To be fair, <laughs> two of the deaths in Downton Abbey happened because the actors were like, bye. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't even mean the deaths. Oh, just the melodrama? I, just the absolute melodrama. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because he went whole hog on it in that Titanic miniseries too. <laughs> like, was like, fuck it. Like threw off all the restraints and like, we're just, it is just a melodrama casserole. <laughs> like that was all it was. It was like historical accuracy. Pshaw. It was like, I was, cause I was telling my mom this the other day. I said, the thing is, is like, yes, it was like James Cameron. He went into a, he went into like a producer's like office and like with like, a book about the Titanic and Romeo and Juliet. And he says, I want to make this story on the, like in this setting. And they were like, yes, here's all this money. And I, I told him, it was like, basically what Julian fellows did was the opposite. Like he was just like, he was like, I like, cause like James Cameron was like, I mean, yeah, like we're, we'll be as historically accurate as possible, you know, but we still have a story to tell. Cause I remember when the movie came out, there were people like there were historians who were like, grumble, grumble, grumble. Like there was no moon. There were no stars like blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's why like they couldn't see the, you know, that's why they couldn't see the iceberg and blah, blah, blah. And there are stars. Cause there's a moment of like Rose laying on the, the debris and looking up at the stars. And they're like, grumble, grumble, grumble. And James Cameron was like, okay, I hear you. Um, lighting had to come from somewhere. And they're like, okay, we will give you that. See, James Cameron has his moments (laughs) where you're like, okay, yes, I approve of that. And so like with Julian Fellows, it's basically just like, there's a ship, there's an iceberg, J.J. Astor, who? Like, it was just... My first thought was like, so did did James Cameron walk into Bruce's office office with Ferngully and Pocahontas? (laughs) And go, I want to do this, but in space. I don't know, because I give no shits about Avatar. But, uh, but anyway, we have talked way too long. Mm-hmm. I have talked way too long, and I apologize. <laughs> I am so sorry. Um, but anyway, I think, unless you have anything else to add, Dolly. Nope, All right, then that will get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. As always, we thank you so very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye! Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.